And good morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. Happy birthday to my partner, the NFL chick Rita. Virgo season in full effect. Is that why you guys get along, I guess? Or is that... I don't know if that's why we get along. I've never thought about that. I've always figured it was like a brother-sister thing. Right. I don't know exactly what it is, but um, happy birthday to my friend who loves birthdays. Like, she's the type of person. Uh, birthdays, eh, you know, for me. She loves birthdays. She's very mad at me that I'm not, like, doing anything more for my birthday. She's like, what? You should be throwing a party. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. I'm good. It was uh, I, the, the pig roast was your party, right? I had Basically. a great party, yes. Yeah. I had a wonderful party. Just not my... I, 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 I had all that worked up about it. I used to love... I, I did. When I was younger, when people would still go out, I used to take everybody bowling for my... That was the move. We would nice. go uh, drunk pinning. We would go uh, to a BYOB uh, place, and we'd go, we'd go late. Like, we go around whatever the latest time was that you could start bowling. And then afterwards, we'd go into... Because we'd go to that place in Rogers Forge, and then we would go up to the uh, cheesesteak joint in Towson, that little place right there, and uh, we'd all go get cheesesteaks afterwards. And it was, it was, a, bad it was a great... It, and then one year... I realized that all my friends were too old, and we're like, "Yeah, we don't we don't go out at uh, we don't go out at eleven o'clock I anymore." I thought they were like getting injured during bowling. No, no, That'd be just too old. <laughs> too old is the answer. So uh, since then, I've been good. It just doesn't. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. But happy it's, birthday to Rita, who we love. We love yes. Rita to death. Happy birthday, Rita. Uh, a lot to do on the program today. Coming up. We are going to catch up with the Otter, Greg Olson. He's, of course, been working broadcast this week for Masson. And we didn't even realize that when we reached out to Greg. We just wanted to talk about the Felix Batista thing and the impact on these other guys that are going to have to step up and get his thoughts on how ready the Orioles are to handle that. So we'll talk to Greg about all of that and what he's seen this week while working broadcast for Masson. Also this morning, uh, we'll make a trip to Aberdeen to chat with a member of the Ironbirds, Logan Reinhardt, who Griffin says has not allowed a run since he was acquired. What were the circumstances again? Of the trade? Yeah. What was um, that was the weird seat. That was like the random seat. I guess what? We just exchanged props. This was the this was the one that everybody was like, ah, the Orioles made their big move. Yeah. But like what who was involved? What was the circumstances? Uh that was Edward Bizardo. That was uh, the, who's not Eduardo Bizardo, no. despite the fact that he absolutely should be, and it's insane that he, that he isn't. So yes, in the Bizardo trade, the Orioles acquired Logan Reinhardt, who's yet to give up a run since arriving over. We'll catch up with him. Uh, Brian Brzee, who had a hell of a career at Clemson and then was a first-round pick of the New Orleans Saints, you may or may not realize, is from Damascus. Now that's always that that that's battleground territory there. Most of Montgomery County identifies with uh, D.C., but Damascus uniquely is a little bit closer to Baltimore than it is to D.C., just slightly. So I don't know who Brian Brzee identified with when he was growing up. We'll talk to him about that. Of course, uh, Damascus also produced the great Jake Funk. I was disappointed to see that uh, Jake got uh, released yesterday. And uh, Drew Forster is going to join us this morning as well and play Would You Rather Wednesday. I got scenarios up. I'm going to regret this. You guys are going to make me regret posting Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios so early this morning because it's been a slow roll for you guys getting in on Would You Rather Wednesday. Maybe you're just used to me not posting them until 10:15, and that's part of the problem. But I was in here bright and early making sure I got these scenarios posted. So uh, don't make me regret it. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. You can go uh, get your responses in 
for Would You Rather Wednesday. All right. Um, so before we get started today, excited to tell you about something that we're going to be doing next week. We've got a really cool event that we're going to be doing next week. Griffin, why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about next Thursday night, where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing. We will be at Live Casino and Hotel Sports and Social Bar for the opening of the NFL season uh, next Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. We're going to have a bunch of great prizes. We're going to try and help you win some money as we watch Detroit, Kansas City uh, in the season opener. And we'll have... Uh, and we'll have, and we'll, and we'll have you will have. We will give you the chance uh, to get some help with our with your fantasy football team. Nothing like preparation. Oh, Nothing yeah. like being ready to go. Nothing like it. We're gonna give you the chance to get some help from our fantasy. <laughs> See, it's got to be your bull. Yeah. Why don't we try this all again? Why don't we? Hang on a second. Hit the music. Hit the music. Hit the music. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hit the music. We're gonna try this all again, like it never happened. Also, remember, we can't say NFL. We got to say pro football. All right. All right. And welcome in. It is the Would You Rather Wednesday edition of GCR. I told you who all the guests are. Now Griffin's going to tell you about an amazing event that we are announcing coming up for next week. We will be at Live Casino and Hotel Sports and Social Bar for the opening of the pro football season. Yes. Next Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. We're going to have a bunch of great prizes. We're going to try to help you win some money as we watch Detroit and Kansas City in the season opener. And we will give you a chance to get some help with our fantasy, with your fantasy oh, team. Oh, God. Oh, God. What? We got it. With your fantasy team from our resident fantasy football expert, Joe Serpico. So we will see you at Sports and Social to watch the kickoff of the new season. That is next Thursday, 7 p.m. Hey, John, tomorrow I'm going to have you do the read, okay? All right, thank you. I love you, buddy. I, lo I love you. I, I, Griffin's going to be there. We'll all be there. The whole crew will be yes. there next Thursday night for the big season opener. In pro football. Yeah. Now, we're not doing the read anymore, so I think I'm allowed to say it's the Chiefs and the Lions. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's very it's very weird rules for what you're allowed to say in what circumstances. But we're all going to be hanging out. And, uh, yeah, it's one-on-one -on -one fantasy football consultation, which it's very rare that you get this type of opportunity. But you'll be able to just bring your phone over or bring your iPad over or whatever and walk it right up to our guy Joe Serpico. And say to him, hey, man, here's what I'm working with. And he'll look at your team. He might be like, wow, this is. Yeah, well, no, what he really will do is say, okay, okay, that's a good start. Let me suggest a couple of things. And what he'll also do is look over the rest of your league. Mm. Like, you, you can literally say to him, here's all the other rosters. And he'll look over and say, here's what I would do if I were you. Target this person for a trade. Target, you know, Joe from the office because he's got a bunch of wide receivers and you're a little weak there. But you happen to have an extra quarterback and I don't think he's going to want to go through the entire season with just, you know, Jared Goff is his guy. So that's the type of thing that you can get. One-on-one -on -one fantasy football consultation from our friend Joe Serpico, next Thursday night, when we'll be hanging out in the Sports and Social Bar. All right? And we're going to also have great prizes, and I'll try to help you. I'm, I had a nice day betting-wise yesterday. The U.S. Opens, tennis, big tennis tournaments are always good for me. 
Although we, you know, I gotta I gotta address a couple other things. What but about we'll, the little tennis tournaments, the not no good. Much more difficult. Okay. Much more difficult because you just don't know how much everyone cares in the smaller tennis tournaments. Big tennis tournaments, it's way easier to figure out. Like I, I happened to see there was a line on Lorenzo Sinego yesterday that was way off. Like uh, yes. Sinego's line was only Lorenzo like minus two twenty, and I was like, I would hammer that if I had ten thousand dollars. I would hammer that to try to make $4,000 off of it. Like, it, it makes no sense. So you always just have to monitor, monitor those things. But we'll be hanging out. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun night next Thursday night as we kick off football season. Looking forward to seeing you out there. Now, as far as yesterday is concerned, obviously the Orioles finally get going. I'll be the one to say it. It's concerning that the Orioles are struggling so much against mid-starting pitchers. I am glad that the Orioles are punishing bullpens. That's great news. But it is concerning to me that mid-starting pitchers over the course of the last week have had success against its bizarro world that Jesse Schultons would have a perfect first three innings of last night's game. That just shouldn't be happening. Now, again, the result is good. Everybody's happy. Thankfully, the Orioles work through it. Ryan McKenna starts the go-ahead rally. Two outs. What a world we're living in. Anthony Santander is a hero. The Orioles pile on a bunch more runs. All's good. Danny Coulomb was great. Dean Kramer was good Dean Kramer again and has been good Dean Kramer far more frequently than he's been the other guy of late. All of those things are good things. But again, as I say, the Orioles can't win anything this week because they're facing a bad team. They can only lose anything. The measurement is I'm concerned about how frequently mid-starting pitchers have been having success against the Orioles lineup of late. That they're not every team you face is going to have a terrible bullpen. You're going to play much more important games against much better teams that have better options coming out of the bullpen. And so it's a measured excitement about what I'm seeing because that's that part of it is concerning. Fujinami struggles again in the ninth. Not even in a leverage spot against a bad team. You don't love that. Don't love it. I, I kind of no way around it. It's it's such a complicated question when it comes to Fujinami and whether he has a role and whether he'll be part of it moving towards the postseason. Also interesting that they went back to him again in that spot. Like, why? Why for a second straight night, for a third time in four games, are you going to Fujinami when it's an eight-run game? I guess that would that reveal kind of how they I, feel about him. What I said, I was I was texting with our friend Luke Jackson, the um, editor in chief here at Pressbox, and it's kind of almost exactly what I said. Like this is the spot for the guy whose roster spot you're not concerned about. This is the spot for if something were to happen tomorrow and we needed to put somebody on the roster, we get rid of the guy that we just used for a third time in four days. Like you would think, Austin Voth would be the guy that you would pitch in that spot. But, you know, they went to Fujinami, which might tell you something. It also might be a situation where they say, look, you know, we could, we could actually manipulate this. 
knowing that we're expanding rosters in two days and that we're going to have an extra pitcher, we could simply choose to send Fujinami down, who I think we all figured out has options. It's That's a weird situation because he was international signing, but roster resource suggests that he has three options. You could choose to just send him down for two days, bring somebody up today that could be available out of the bullpen before the game. I mean, I would think they would have made that decision by now since the game is only two and a half hours away. And then bring Fujinami right back up because you get an extra pitching spot. Like, that would be an option if you so chose to do it. But why you be doing that with Fujinami, I I don't know. It was just weird. It was weird that was the guy that they turned to in that spot. You would think that they would be trying to use him in slightly more leverage spots. Maybe they're not ready to use him in the most difficult spots, but at least in spots where it still feels like it's a real baseball game to try to see exactly what they might have going towards the postseason. So I thought that was weird. Like, that really did strike me as just being very odd. All in all, obviously a pleasant evening at the ballpark when it all said and done. Orioles get the win, they clinch a series win, and now they can try to finish off a sweep of the White Sox. And as I keep saying, it it feels unfair to measure that you have to win every game against these teams. But let's be honest, you you have to win every game against these teams. The Rays aren't, aren't in, they have no interest in helping you. They are not going to make your life easier. As much as we wanted to write off the Rays because of all the injuries and the Franco thing, they have made it abundantly clear they have no interest in that. And all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere, have won, what is it, seven out of their last eight? That that sounds right. They've been very good. Seven out of their last eight, including a win over the Marlins last night. You cannot be giving away any games against these bad teams. Can't do it. Plain and simple. So, got to keep going. Got to keep stockpiling wins to Kyle Gibson, who's coming off his best start of the season. Going eight innings, looking like the guy that we all thought Kyle Gibson was supposed to be here to be. Kyle Gibson goes to the mound this afternoon against Dylan Cease, who... In name is a very good pitcher, and practicality has not been all that great, but obviously was somebody that Orioles fans were interested in. Um, I'll save conversation about the Ravens roster decision because I, I think the other big story of the day, of course, was what happened with the Angels yesterday. And everything that you're saying is 100% true, except for the part where you ask for the commissioner to step in. It's this thing that we, like, we keep doing around here. For whatever reason, we're obsessed with the idea of the commissioner stepping in in every situation. We don't even like him. Correct. (laughs) I am as frustrated as you are that there is an opportunity here for teams to improve themselves simply because the Angels want to be cheap. It's infuriating. Particularly because the Orioles won't have the option. They're too good. They're not going to... They, their waiver claims will not get to them. The waivers will be processed before you get to the Orioles. Lucas Giolito will not be becoming a Baltimore Oriole. Someone who wants to compete with the Baltimore Orioles will be getting Lucas Giolito for free. And that 
sucks. There's no way around it. It's awful. And Major League Baseball is going to have to try to figure out a way to prevent this from happening. As has been written about, this is kind of a loophole based on the fact that they changed the rules from the past where there were two trade deadlines, the waiver and the non-waiver. They didn't fix this loophole. Truth being, I'm not really sure exactly how to fix it. And it's an awkward position to be in. I'm not certain how it is that you go about fixing it because you don't want to put teams in a place where they're not allowed to release players. So you have to say, well, you can't release them if they're good? There's no obvious way to word this to prevent this from happening in the future. That's the tricky part that baseball is going to have to deal with. It does seem terribly unfair, but I I understand why the Angels are trying to take advantage. I I say understand. It's embarrassing, but I get it. If you're not going to be good anyway, why why do I want to keep playing these guys' salaries? You can make an argument if you believed that Angels' ownership was going to save that money to spend it somehow, that like you could be defensive of it. I don't know exactly how much money we're talking about for a month of five different guys. I know. I think Passon said that they, if all the players get picked up, I think mm-hmm. they could fall. They could go under the luxury tax or whatever. Okay, well that'd so be that significant be, for them. Yes. But so. if the argument, if the argument was, if they could say to their fan base, "We'll take that money and we'll put it towards future salaries," then the fan base would be on board with it. Now, that's probably not what's happening, and so I don't know why the fan base would care. But you could make that argument, and you could have a fan base get on board with it. If I was someone who simply wanted to save some money, I would get it. Doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it acceptable. And I don't know what the answer is for Major League Baseball. Because, again, at some point in the future, there's going to be a team, if you just say, well, you're not allowed to release any players... Well, there's going to be... What happens if you have Chris Davis and he's just awful? Now you're not allowed to release him? You just have to suffer through it? Because we made a rule that said you're not allowed to release any players? That's the problem with trying to set up a rule to prevent this. And it's... Again, you don't have the commissioner step in because you don't change the rules after the game is played. It's nonsense that this is happening, but you can't go back and say, well, now we're, we're rewriting the rules in the middle of the season. You can't do that. They will have to creatively figure out how to address it moving forward in order to prevent this from happening, but it also might very well be that the people that have the most power, the wealthiest of the owners, say, we don't need to fix this because someone in New York is thinking the exact same thing. They want to be able to abandon Josh Donaldson, right? So they don't want to have a situation where they can't abandon Josh Donaldson, who's failing. They want to have the option to see if somebody else will be willing to take on their mistake. Josh Donaldson, obviously, a far different situation. He's not good at baseball anymore. It's a very different conversation. He's bad at baseball. He's been very bad in Yankee Stadium. He's he's bad at baseball now. These guys, not all bad at... Lucas Giolito, not bad at baseball. So how do you address this moving forward? That's going to have to be something... I, I, I assume 
that will be a priority. But I'm assuming it because it might very well be that there are other owners that are like, hey, this is actually kind of creative. Like, I, I might, I might want to have the option to do the same thing next year. I don't think that we need to change this rule. Because if you're the Angels, who cares who you're helping? You're not winning anything. So why does it matter to you if the Astros stand the benefit and the Orioles don't? That's irrelevant to you. You don't care who wins. You're not. I, I'm. It's, it's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's all of the things that you say that it is. But... I, there's nothing that can be done today. And I don't know how hard-pressed they will be to fix it. It will be interesting to see that in the coming years, just how hard-pressed they will be to try to fix it moving forward. Don't forget, uh, Glenn Clark 23 is the code. Glenn Clark 23 is the code. So you can go sign up with Superbook right now at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app and your first bet up to $250 will be matched, win or lose, with the code GlennClark23 right now at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Joining us now here on GCR, it's been great having him uh, back in the booth this week for Masson. He is, of course, one of the great closers in Orioles history. He's the otter, Mr. Greg Olson, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Greg, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Uh, no worries, Glenn. Thank you. Hey, um, a, a couple of things that jump out for me right off the bat, right? Like, it seems like you and Ben have this, like, amazing chemistry working together. How, how much fun is it for you to be a part of this thing? I know you've done it a couple times this season, but how much fun are you having doing this? I'm having a lot of fun. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know how the three-man booth would go, you know, I mean – Ben's very good at what he does. We're kind of both analyzing the pitching side of it all. And uh, I just had a lot of fun just kind of throwing stuff at him, what I'm looking at, uh, even from the starters versus the relievers, just different aspects of the game. So it's just kind of a fun banter right now. And um, hope it's hope it's being received oh. the way uh, – the way I like it. I think it's been phenomenal, and I'm 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 telling you on top of it that I feel like you guys have been finishing each other's sentences at, at certain times. It's been just awesome. I've loved it. Um, Greg, so reason why we called originally was because obviously the Orioles are in a difficult spot, right, with Felix Batista sidelined, and we're thinking it's probably for the rest of the year, but we don't know it. What is this like now for the entire rest of the bullpen? What is the conversation like? How do the roles change? What is your expectation for the impact of Felix Batista's injury on this team? I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's comparable to, to me going down in 93 with the exact same injury. And it becomes the next man up, and they're lucky enough to have an all-star reliever in Cano that can step into that role. And I don't know, and I'm not sure Brandon Hyde knows, you know, if Cano's going to be – taking completely uh, Batista's spot. I think uh, he's going to use Cano where he still finds him best. And if it's in the eighth inning, like it was last night coming up against uh, Luis Robert um, and getting the one out. And then, you know, he was going to roll back out there, which is in the closer role. And all of a sudden, you know, because he needs him today, he takes him out when the always blow it open. And you got Coulomb, um, D.L. Hall, Perez, 
they all have the aspects of being in that late spot. I was interested to see how Fuji did last night. And um, I kind of think it was the deflation of, you know, possibly coming into a four or five to one game and then it becomes nine to one. And I know how that was for me. It was a little bit, uh, you, you lose a little adrenaline. And the people out there are going, you're walking into a major league game. Come on. And trust me. It's a little deflating when you're you're amped up thinking you're walking into a, a, a tight game where you've got a little wiggle room to a blowout where you're, now you're in mop-up mop up role, and uh, it is a little deflating. So hopefully he gets, uh, gets back on track. I wanted to ask you about it because it's a conversation we're having this morning about the idea of sort of closer by committee or just sticking with Cano. Is it important, like, the mentality part of this, of knowing you're the guy, is it important for you to have one guy that you just say, this is the guy that in this spot we go to, or do we make too much of that? And the truth is three outs are just three outs, or one out is one out, whether it's in the seventh, the eighth, or the ninth. Well, um, I'm going to give two separate answers to the question. It was very important for me to be the guy. I wanted to know my role. I was really good when I knew my role and when I was expected to come in. Now, early on in my career, that might have been coming in in the seventh inning to get one out and then go in the eighth and ninth. But I knew that, and I was ready for that, and that was communicated to me. It was very difficult for me as a closer to have an ambivalent role. And so if Brandon Hyde communicates well with the bullpen on what is the, you know, what his thinking is today, then they should be in a good spot as long as everybody knows where they're supposed to be at and everybody's comfortable not, you know, uh, presuming they're good enough and they should deserve the closer spot. If everybody's going, you know what, this is a team bullpen, love all these guys, I'll do whatever you want me to, then everybody's going to be great. If somebody thinks I should be the next man up and I should be the dude, and then he doesn't get that, that's going to be the only issue. So how do you, you know, I, I guess, how do you make the decision? Is it, is it you roll Cano out there for as long as he's handling it and let him try to nail down the role and prove that he's the guy or do you go full on and just say hey we look at the matchups and to your point like last night it's the eighth inning if we think we need Cano tonight there that's what we go to if, if we see that lefties would be due up in the ninth it's Coulomb in the ninth like do, how do that you might be what this? it is okay that might be what it is I you know what I talked to Brandon Hyde yesterday and I don't know what he's going to do and I don't think he does either I think it's still so fresh and you know, I go back to 93 when I did the same thing end of July, I believe. And it became a committee. It was Alan Mills, Pennington, Poole, Froworth, you know, whoever was hotting up that night and going, they went. And so it might be that, and it might be frustrating for the fans to sit back because you have an all-star in Cano. Right. But I look back early 90s, mid-90s, San Francisco had an all-star reliever in Jeff Brantley, and they used him everywhere, sixth inning, seventh inning, wherever they felt the game was on the line and he was going to be most important, they used him there. And um, he loved it. I, I just, if you tell me that that's what my job is, then 
I'm fine. Hey, you know what? I might use you in the sixth or seventh today. All right, that's great. Thank you. And so in the in the fifth inning, I'm locking in on who's coming up, and I'm ready. Mm-hmm. If you if the phone rings and three guys take off their coats in September, then you know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the great Greg Olson is with us here on GCR. Greg, in general, one of my theories has been that, like, you don't make up from this all internally, right? Like, it's not just all, hey, these other guys in the bullpen have to step up. That when you lose someone who is having the season that Felix Batista was having with one of the great greatest strikeout rates in baseball history, that it, it has to be the entire team that makes up for it. Like, you can't assume that you're going to be able to win quite as many one-run games as you had won to this point with no disrespect to anybody in the bullpen. It's just... You did that because you had someone that was striking out people at a rate we've never seen before. Like, how important is it now for everyone to pick up, the, for the starting pitching to improve, for them to score a few more runs just to avoid as many one-run games moving forward? Well, um, you know what? I, I don't think you can look at the offense and go, you guys need to do more because Batiste is not down there. They're, they're doing what they can do every at-bat. And you see that last night where they blow it open. It wasn't because Batista wasn't there. They just, you know, started figuring something out against Shaw and blew it open the night before. They did the same thing. Um, you, you can't really ask somebody to step up. I think it's going to be, you know, maybe the starters go a shade deeper. Maybe Brandon Hyde gives them a little bit more leash. And it, it's going to be the group that's got to step up. It's going to be the guys in the bullpen. Is there someone that still could be a part of this that most intrigues you as being an answer? Like when we talk about, we've seen a little bit of D.L. Hall since he came back up. We add in Tyler Wells could be an option out of the bullpen. Like does one of those guys intrigue you as, I, I think this person could go a long way into help solving this problem for the Orioles? Well, I just think that everybody's, you know, I mean, D.L. Hall's come back a lot better than when he left. So he's been really good. Uh, Coulomb's been having a really solid year. Cano, obviously, is Cano. I'm not looking at one guy. It's, it's going to be one of those where it might be a baptism by fire for Fuji or D.L. Hall where they get the ninth inning in a, in a one-run game, and it's, it's game on. Let's see what you got. And that's what it's going to come down to is at some point, somebody's going to get a shot at that ninth inning with a tight game. And it's not, you know, it's going to be somebody other than Cano and, you know, it's going to be baptism by fire. Let's see what you got. We, you know, you bring up Fuji. We know he has the stuff, but can you trust him in that spot? Right. It's, it's such a difficult thing. Cause like we see the talent is overwhelming, but like, ah, it just seems like sometimes he's unwilling to throw the ball as fast as we know he's capable of throwing it. Well, I mean, at some point, you there, there's a, a velocity that is your effective velocity of being able to locate the ball in the strike zone at the highest effort you can throw it to locate it. So it's usually, you know, I, I hypothetically say 92%. You know, I don't think that's the number, but I always had a little bit more in the tank, but I could locate it 92, 93, and I had 95 somewhere in the area code. Um I just think he's still trying to figure out, okay, where do I, where's my maximum strike throwing velocity? What does that look like? And you know what, just to say that he's going to be, you know, locked at golden in the back of the ninth. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, it's such a roller coaster ride. And I tried to defend him last night because it is very deflating to, you know, think you're walking into a four to one, five to one game. And now it's nine to one and I'm mopping up. Um, 
So, but I just think it's just, just a little too inconsistent. The stuff is unquestionable. All right. So the big one for me, though, Greg, is just in general. You've been around this team now a few times this season. You've seen them from afar and how they've handled adversity. Is there something about this group that even like losing a Felix Batista, you just find yourself saying, I, I think they'll be OK. Like, it seems like every time they've been tested this season, you know, having Ryan Mountcastle go down, having they just somehow figured out a way to pick things up. Where is your faith level in this group? that this type of adversity just doesn't affect them. I don't, I honestly, you know, you can, you can look at it two ways. Oh, you know, poor, poor, pitiful us where you can go. All right, next man up, let's go. We got, you know, we've been doing this all year and all across big league baseball. Everybody's, everybody's lost somebody. Everybody's down one, down two, you know, Yankees have been mildly decimated by injuries and nobody cares. And so, it's the next guy up. And I mean, it's like Ryan McKenna comes off the bench last night and completely takes over the game and batting in the nine hole. So they are really good. The metrics are not that great, but they are really good about finding ways to win games. And so you can sit there and all you want to go. Yeah, but they find ways to win. So next man up, keep going, push through it and get, you know, get to the dance. And then that's a whole new ball game. Can you can you you know give it a thought to what that says about Brandon Hyde? Can you kind of explain us for us a little bit more how much credit we think that he should be getting for that mentality and the fact that that continues to exist with this team? Well, I, I think he's done uh, done a great job. He came in and and uh, didn't have much to work with, and mixed and matched, and did what he could do with the lineup that he had. Now that he's got some guys, he's still mixing and matching. I mean, O'Hearn being a part-time player in Kansas City and now it's, you know, he's batting fifth and and getting, you know, getting all the ABs other than last night he got pinch hit for, but he's done a great job of pushing buttons. And so it's going to be interesting of how to push the buttons, you know, in the bullpen now and how that's going to work because it's going to be all eyes on that part of the it went from a major strength to a very very big question mark. Uh, it's been uh, unbelievable to see it. Uh, a bad news today. I was looking at it, Greg. Despite the fact that the Orioles show up, unfortunately, you cannot use yourself on Immaculate Grid today. I don't know if you played yet or not. Seriously? Yeah, there's an it's I, it's no. Orioles, but it's uh, Reds and Giants are the others. So that unfortunately is not going to work for you today, and I, I I regret that because I like using you quite a bit on Immaculate Grid as well, my friend. Uh, yeah, they got got some got some low ones on the. Uh... Diamondbacks and, and Tigers or something the other day. I was like, oh, point, point zero one. I, I regretted it. After I saw your tweet, I was very frustrated because I used Scherzer, and it was like 30% was Scherzer. And then I was like, oh, son of a bitch. There was an yeah. obvious answer. I screwed yeah. that When in up. doubt, when in doubt, you find a reliever. <laughs> There's no we've doubt. Been, we, we've been everywhere. At Greg Olson 30 on Twitter is how you follow him. Greg, I'm serious. I, I truly love the broadcast this week. It's been awesome having you part of them. Uh, look forward to more of it. Thank, Thank you. you for taking the time for us. My pleasure. Thank you. It's Greg Olson as he gets ready for uh, game three this afternoon. So I apologize. There was noise in the background, but he's literally at the ballpark getting ready for a broadcast today as uh, the Orioles wrap up the series of the White Sox. And I, those guys together, that trio has been awesome. You know, like Kevin and Ben are always great, but so sometimes you worry when you add in a, a third person or another that, like, you know, it detracts from the 
connection that the first two broadcasters have has not been the case at all. Greg Olson has been flawless in in adding to what was already a very good broadcast. So I would be in favor of more of that if possible. All right, uh, when we come back in, we are going to make a trip to Aberdeen. We're going to meet Logan Reinhardt, who's been great since he came over in the Eduardo, not Eduardo, Edward Bizardo trade. Um, I, I keep speaking into existence. One day I'm going to make it work. Maybe there'll um, be another Bizardo that's... I don't think we're going to get that lucky, my friend. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, but we'll uh, meet Logan Reinhardt next as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Aha. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you are in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports and Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook, all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks, to indulgent steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to EasyPass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So I was talking to Greg, Greg Olson admits the other day on Twitter that he uses himself regularly on Immaculate Grid, which I love. So I'm looking at today's grid to see if, you know, Greg Olson would fit. And unfortunately, he never played for either Cincinnati or San Francisco, so he does not fit anywhere on the grid today. But then I was thinking about because one of the things today is Orioles and 300 career average hitter. Mm. And so there's two ways to try to get a lower score by doing that. The first is to think of someone who is a 300 career hitter that played for a very brief time with the Orioles, right? Someone like, I don't know what Tim Raines career batting average is, but he played two games with the Orioles. So if he were a 300 career hitter, he would qualify for this. But it's hard to be a 300 career hitter for your career. You had to be an upper echelon type of hitter. Very few players are 300 career hitters that weren't Hall of Fame caliber players. In fact, basically no one. So, of course, the other way around that to try to get a good rarity score is to do what? Uh, you know, you got to think of obscure uh, you're there, it's there aren't obscure a 300 career well, hitter it's not obscure hall you you yeah, don't we're, we're trying to th- if you're a 300, 300 career, career hitter, hitter as an Oriole, you're a hall or, of, ever no. played for the Orioles 300 okay. career hitters are hall of famers for your career yeah three if you're a 300 hitter for career career oh, pitchers is the other way around exactly that's the way around it is to come up with a pitcher who in a very small sample size might have hit 300. So I go to my bag of tricks, and I say, who do I happen to know was a a pretty good hitting Orioles pitcher? Now, I couldn't tell you what their career average was because who would ever follow that? But I rolled it out there and said, well, the guy that I remember being a surprisingly good hitter was Zach Britton. Remember Zach Britton hitting yes. that home run in Atlanta? And I got to know Zach a little bit, so like we would we would goof about it. And I said, I'll roll Zach Britton out there. 
Two percent. Wow. So you weren't. I mean, two percent. It's pretty high. I can't even believe that it's not a point one. How did two percent of you also have the same idea for Zach Britton? Everybody's smart now. Son of a bitch. It's impossible to get a low score anymore. Drove me nuts. Two percent. That is insane. All right, uh, joining us now here on GCR, opportunity to catch up with him for the first time as we make our trip to Aberdeen to chat with a member of the Ironbirds. It's been a very good start since he came over into the Orioles system earlier this season for Logan Reinhardt, who is with us now here on GCR. Logan, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, of course. How you doing, Glenn? And thanks for having me on. Everything is great, dude. I imagine things are pretty good for you, right? Like, wait, how, <laughs> how much? I, I I don't know how much of a shock it was for you. I don't know, like, how long it took you to say, like, wow, you know, this is this is really what's happening. I'm going to the other side of the world. But man, have you settled in nicely since you arrived in this system? <laughs> well, I appreciate. It. Thank you. They've uh, the Orioles have been great welcome me with open arms and it's been a really easy transition um yeah the trade process was kind of weird it was a uh, it was definitely a whirlwind we uh i got a call early morning from my pitching coach said hey you're going to baltimore and about 20 minutes later ken qualls our director of player development here in baltimore called me and said hey uh i'm gonna get you on a flight either today or tomorrow and you're gonna head over to aberdeen and i was like all right I, my wife she travels with me full time so i okay. told her i was like hey we got to pack up the apartment and go get a U-Haul because you're driving back to California and I'm flying to Aberdeen tomorrow morning. <laughs> Yikes. So, okay, so you show, you know, it, obviously you handled it quite well. Um, and, and look, you know, it's a business. I'm sure you were aware that there was always a possibility of something like this happening. But when you right. get when you get here, how do you explain, and I don't know how superstitious of a guy you are, and maybe you say, hey, I'd rather not talk about the fact that I haven't given up a run yet. But, like, how do you explain, as good of a season as you were having, how flatly, like, unhittable you've been since arriving here? <laughs> I appreciate it. No, it's, uh, honestly, I, for me, pitching is really, it, as much as it is an extremely complicated thing, it's really simple at the same time. And I'm not saying it's easy by any means. I'm just saying anytime there's another guy in another uniform, it doesn't really matter who I'm playing for. Like, I have a job that I need to do. I have pitches that I need to make. I know where to throw my pitches that I'm probably going to have the most success with. And I just throw them to those locations. And sometimes it works out. So far, it's been working yeah, out. Yeah, it's been sometimes working. It's... Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, they've been great in the transition in a sense of um, the last three, three or so weeks that I've been here. I've learned more about my delivery and my pitches and just myself as a pitcher um that i have in a long time being in pro ball um i i've added two new pitches since just being here in three weeks um mechanically i'm throwing pretty different than i was uh, a couple weeks ago okay. so it's been a transition is there a way to dumb that down like to explain what what it actually looks like if we were to see it, it, again you're talking to an idiot that never played at a high level right but like could you explain to me mechanically what the difference would be how it was suggested? Was it something that you were trepidatious about? Like, hey, man, I, you know, I've I've been having a pretty good year. I'm not really sure that I want to mess with anything that I'm doing. <laughs> no, it was a, uh, it was more so just like some pre-throw work. To be honest with okay. you, uh, we we do a lot of like weighted balls and stuff before we actually get a baseball in our hand. Um, 
So I, it was more so just drills with that. We added a little like step behind drill, which is just pretty much like you just take a jump back um, horizontally and then go ahead and do, into your throwing motion and throw the ball into the wall. Um, and it was more just about feeling weight in certain areas of my body throughout the delivery that helped me get to a point where I can actually excel and throw the ball hard when I need to throw the ball hard. Um, so it was more so just about cleaning up some timing stuff rather than like really just tearing down the whole delivery. Um, but it was something that I knew I needed to make the change. Um, I had uh, Tommy John surgery a couple years ago. So coming off of that, um, velocity has kind of been hit or miss. And it's something that I really obviously have trying to been working to get back towards. So it was just a step in the direction that I needed to take. And I didn't really know how to take it myself. Um, but obviously, the guys here are great, and they helped me out with that. He is Logan Reinhardt from the Aberdeen Ironbirds. He's with us here on GCR. Logan, how you know? I how much do you start feeling? I don't know if the pressure is the right word, but you know the clock, whatever it is, when you are, you know, twenty five. And I know that the, the pandemic obviously was tough for for everybody at that point that was coming into baseball. But I, I'm yeah. sure you're kind of like sitting here saying, "Hey, I, we got to ramp this up. Like we got to get moving. Um, I want to achieve my goals." And I, you know, I, at, at this point, I imagine you probably said, "Hey, at 25, I would like to have been higher than the A level at this point." Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a I'm a big believer in faith, and you know, I, I just I think everything has a plan and everything has a reason. Um, I yeah, we went through COVID, and that, that was a tough time for everyone, more so than just baseball, just everyone's sure. lives. So that 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 was tough to get through. And then, yeah, the following year, I had Tommy John surgery, so I was out another 14 to 16 months with that. Um, so, you know, it, it wasn't maybe my most ideal way to draw up my plan of getting to the big leagues or, yeah. you know, work the big leagues, but it happened. It is what it is. And I just look at it now as I have an opportunity still um, to, to fulfill my dream, and I'm just going to keep playing until – that opportunity one day diminishes or it comes to fruition. Um, so that's just kind of the way I look at it. It's, it's tough when I get can get into the mindset of, you know, I'm 25, like how much longer do I want to keep trying to push to get to the big leagues? Um, that starts to really take a toll on you. So for me, it's just like, as long as I can live every day in the moment, and it sounds super cliche and cheesy, but as long as I can live every day in the moment and actually truly just kind of be where my feet are, it makes the life a lot more enjoyable and it makes, chasing this dream a lot more enjoyable i love that i love everything about that man uh logan you, you used a, a phrase in there you said the words tommy john surgery and as you'd imagine we're a little bit um sensitive about those words in baltimore because we're a little nervous that maybe a guy in the orioles bullpen might be needing tommy john surgery here in a little bit yeah. um what was your experience like you know going through that how deflating was it for you we know that certainly it is not the same as it was say 25 years ago when someone found out they were getting Tommy John surgery and there was genuine fear that like you may never be the same again. Like we've, we've seen plenty of evidence that you can come back just as good, if not better after Tommy John surgery. But what, what was your experience? Like how long like, was the timetable for you? And, and how, like, what did it look like when you started pitching again afterwards? Yeah. Um, when you first get the news of you actually need surgery, um, it, it, it is really deflating. There's a lot of unknowns that start to creep into your mind. Um, you, I mean, once you go, it's never good to go under the knife. But once you go under the knife, you really don't know how you're going to be come back. You don't know, are you going to be able to spin the ball the same? Are you going to be able to throw as hard as you can? Is this going to happen again? Um, there's a lot of unknowns 
that start to creep in your mind and it, it really does start to take a toll on you. Um, I would say the rehab process itself took me uh, about 14 to 16 months, somewhere in there. Um, I think I was back in game, again, like starting my rehab game down in Arizona uh, about 13 months. And I think I was okay. probably completely back in game about 16 months. But it probably took me the first two to three months um, to still kind of accept the fact that I had surgery, you know, and mentally get over the hurdle of like, okay, my arm is going to hurt every day for the next probably two years until I get to that sweet spot of where it starts to feel better. Um, and yeah, the, the process of once I started throwing again, it, it, I mean, it, it's not glamorous. Yes. The surgery has, it's night and day different than what it used to be. Um, but it is, uh, it's tough. Your velocity really dwindles some days. Some days it's great. Some days it's bad. Um, some days your arm feels fantastic and some days it hurts. Some days your arm feels phenomenal and you go out there and throw and you're throwing 88 miles an hour, you know, and it's, you, you, it's just a ton of unknown that is really tough with the process. Um, I will say though, with the experts that we have now behind the surgery and all the doctors and not even just the doctors, but the strength coaches on the strength side and a nutritionist and all that, like if you follow the plan, it, it is a pretty good percentage that you're going to get back. You're going to get healthy and you'll be throwing just as hard um, as you were before. Um, it's just getting over the hurdle of, you know, kind of climbing out of those unknowns is, is probably the hardest part. I understand that. I just, that, you know, this is your life that you're talking about, right? Like this is how you intend to make a living and it, and it's, it's gotta be scary. There's no doubt about that. But I think that uh, what you just said certainly sounds like a relief to a lot of folks. Um, Logan, the important questions, uh, what's, what is the hair situation looking like these days? <laughs> it's uh it's shorter now i know that all my pictures on uh milb were long so uh no that was a that was a when i got drafted i had long hair and then i cut it and then in covid i let it grow out again and now my wife finally just said you know i'm 25 it's, it's time to go back uh, to the hair clean cut <laughs> logan it looks way too good why did you I, I look i understand like happy wife happy life i go through a lot of these things <laughs> in my own life don't get me wrong but Oh man, if I could have a flow like that, like I feel like I hate saying this, it almost feels like you're spitting in the face of God, man. Like you were given a gift, um, and and it, and it didn't prove to be like a Samson situation where your hair was your strength or anything like that. It's... Right, right. No, I, I appreciate. It. Maybe one day we'll make its way back. Oh, well, we'll see. Oh man, that is that is actually disappointing. I can't lie to you. That is actually a disappointing thing. Um, ar arriving here in this system, you know, the excitement, and I get it, you were coming from a system where, look, the Mariners, all of a sudden, they're in first place. There's a lot of talent there. But arriving here and knowing what's been going on in Baltimore these last couple of years and seeing how things have changed for this organization, I I'm sure after the shock, was there a little bit of a, oh, man, I could, I could be part of a World Series winner in the next couple of years. Did you have any of those feelings after you got the news? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was it was extremely exciting coming over here just with how their player development um, in the lower levels has really excelled in making guys like myself, like mid-round guys, uh, really excel through the minor leagues and have great big league careers. Um, so it was, it was really exciting for me, you know, kind of coming from 
the Mariners, which I had a great time there and I really enjoyed my experience there, but, you know, really coming over here with a fresh new start, fresh new slate, new people, new faces. Um, and then, yeah, just, just getting to meet new people in a sense of, okay, yeah, I could, I could really, they're, they're kind of on the, I mean, we've been in first place all year, pretty much all year, but we've been, you know, kind of on the come up for the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's exciting that it's like, okay, we're starting to build this now and what this could be in five years, who knows? And that's a really, really exciting thought to be a part of something like that. All right. So the final weekend of the regular season at Ripken stadium is not this weekend, but the following weekend. And they're going out with a bang, including fireworks, steam crab night, pregame catch on the field, Grayson Rodriguez, Mount Birdland statue giveaway. And one particular event next weekend that I didn't know the Ironbirds were doing, and now I might have to rearrange all of my plans for. Of course, they are. you know that there's the park that does Fat Bear Week where they just send out pictures of fat bears and you vote for them all throughout the course of the week? They're going to do a Fat Bear Night, and I am so excited about this. I don't know exactly what all the plans are for it, but I love the idea so much. Get to ironbirdsbaseball.com, get your tickets, spend the final weekend of the regular season with the Ironbirds next weekend. Uh, Logan, where can Orioles fans be following you? Twitter, Instagram, any of those places? Where where can they give you a follow? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram handles are at dash Logan Reinhardt or ash, at underscore Logan Reinhardt. Um, and yeah, but I don't. I, I'm not a big follower on, or I'm not a big uh, engager on Twitter. Um, I just it's not an app I use a ton. Oh, but Instagram, yeah, for. Gosh, I'm so jealous, Logan. I am so insanely jealous of your ability to shut off Twitter, and uh, I think I think I would be a much better person if I could do the same. Uh, <laughs> Logan, uh, really happy for you and the success that you're finding. Can't wait to see what's next. Have I've genuinely enjoyed our conversation this morning, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Of course. Thank you for having me on, Glenn. I appreciate it. Logan Reinhardt, uh, the, the Orioles system now after coming over in the uh, Edward Bizzardo trade earlier this season and off to a great start. Again, the numbers, 15 strikeouts in 12 and a third innings, six hits, no runs, zero. Like that, like all of those things. Uh, appreciate Logan Reinhardt taking the time for us. All right, uh, we are winding down our number one of today's program. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to rearrange things. We told you that Brian Brzee is going to be joining us. The Saints changed some practice schedule stuff today, so that's not going to happen live during today's show. We will look to make it happen uh, at some point in the next uh, either. I, I, I think I told everybody, I think we're going to take Friday off this week. I, we're going to take Friday off this week. I don't know why I keep saying like that, I think. The moment I thought it was a possibility, I really had decided. It was more, and this is always the way that it goes. What I'm nervous about is there's some huge news thing that occurs, and then I will feel very stupid and feel like I need to come in and do a show in some form or fashion. So far, there hasn't been that. And at this point, I don't even know what that would be. Like, if the Ravens on Thursday were to trade for... Who's uh, who's Von Miller? That's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Then, like, obviously, we'd feel an obligation to come in and do a show. But short of something like that, we're going to take the Friday off. Just an opportunity to turn it into a four-day weekend, reset before uh, football season gets underway, and all of those things. So that's that's sort of our plan for the week. So at some point, we will uh, catch up with Brian Brzee from Damascus, but uh, unfortunately cannot join us live this morning. All good. 
these things happen. Now, with all that being said, when we come back in, we are going to talk about the Ravens setting their 53-man roster and some of the immediate decisions that still need to be made in the aftermath of the Ravens setting their 53-man roster yesterday. So we will do that next as we continue along here on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of GCR. Hey, Birdland. A new alternative payment method is available at Oreo Park at Camden Yards for the 2023 season. O's Pay is a quick, convenient, and rewarding option to make payments at concessions and retail locations throughout the ballpark. Use O's Pay to unlock rewards, special offers, and unique experiences. And with secure, contactless payment, you'll get back to your seats faster. Get started in the MLB Ballpark app or learn more at Orioles.com slash O's Pay. That's Orioles.com slash O's Pay. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glenn clark 23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER i'm michael jan grandy president of aj michaels your carrier energy expert for 44 years save money energy and make your home more comfortable and virus free find us at ajmichaels.com that's ajmichaels.com Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland
picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, into hour number two here on GCR. And coming up, Drew Forrester will check in with us. We will play Would You Rather Wednesday, and you can still get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Someone will win a T-shirt of their choosing from Birdland Sports just for participating today in Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's coming up at the Live Casino in Hotel Maryland? Yes, of course I do. I want to tell you about the R-Bar. I told you about David's yesterday, but the R-Bar, you, with, with the R-Bar, you can beat the heat and get ready to rock at the R-Bar at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, located right in the center of the casino floor. The R-Bar features live music on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, and a seasonal rotation of yard drinks, including a vodka Red Bull, uh, a vodka Red Bull slush, and a frozen Mount Gay Rum runner. Try all the different combinations at the R Bar at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondale Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. And uh, don't forget, of course, uh, great event next Thursday night. We can't look to, uh, can't wait to be there at uh, Sports and Social to hang out with you and uh, get you some last-minute fantasy advice before the season begins, private consultations with our fantasy expert Joe Serpico. Going to be a fun night next Thursday night uh, down there at Sports and Social. Now, the Ravens indeed is set an initial 53-man roster. The headlines, of course. Very rare that we see this, but the Ravens don't keep one of their draft picks. Caillou Kelly, the cornerback out of Stanford, not on the initial 53-man roster. You'll presume that the Ravens would have some interest in him being on the practice squad and that they're not just giving up on Caillou Kelly. But the kind of surprise was that they kept the veteran Arthur Millette instead of Caillou Kelly. That might speak to just the reality of the circumstances about them not knowing who's going to be available when in the secondary and coming down to a very real need that whoever is on the roster has to be someone they trust can play week one because of it. And we know the Ravens don't like doing this. They don't like giving up on draft picks. It's not unprecedented. I think famously John Simon was someone they gave up on quite early, and John Simon ended up being a pretty quality football player. But they don't like doing that. This might be nothing more than... This is where we are in the secondary. And it's biting them a little bit, the fact that they did not do more to address cornerback during the course of the offseason. But I understand it. If that's where you are and you don't know how many healthy guys you have and who all is going to be available to play week one, if you just came down to it and said, do we trust Caillou Kelly if we had to put him on the field week one? And they looked around the room and said, we don't then they don't have a lot of choices at that 
point. Like, this is kind of what they, they're left having to do. So that was surprising. Ultimately, they did decide to go with Ben Cleveland. How much of that is an attachment to Ben Cleveland? Because he was a drafted player versus the guys he was competing against, David Sharp, Sam Mustafer, who weren't their draft picks? I, I don't know. I don't think any of us has any faith in Ben Cleveland, although he still looks the part. You still look at him and say, that guy should be a football player. I have no actual faith if he were to have to go into a game. But, you know, ultimately if they decided that they trust that Patrick McCary can be their backup center, as Bo Smolka and I have talked about a couple times, the problem with that being that Patrick McCary is also their primary backup at a lot of positions, so it becomes more problematic if Patrick McCary has to be your backup center. That means he can't be your backup left tackle, which is legitimately what Patrick McCary has been. So it's that's awkward. But then Cleveland ended up being the decision there. couple of guys who made the roster, but most of us assume probably aren't actually going to be on the roster two of which are really good stories. Malik Ham, the young man from Polly, uh, he called into the radio show two weeks ago. I really enjoyed a conversation with him. Great story. Great story. He makes the Ravens' initial 53-man roster. Maybe because they were going to be able to put him on IR. And that's the tough part about that. Same, perhaps, for Keaton Mitchell, who we think a lot of us believe deserved to be on the roster. But, as I said, the four running back thing is tough. You're not likely to be playing four running backs. And Justice Hill already kind of has the role of your your swing man, pass catcher out of the backfield who also plays special teams. So what role would there be for a Keaton Mitchell. The kind of common belief is that Keaton Mitchell will probably also be starting the season on IR. Doesn't mean he's not part of the plans. Doesn't mean the Ravens don't like him. But a lot of times, it's it's almost like, a hey, dude, we're either going to put you on IR or we're going to have to release you. And there's no guarantee you're going to get a job anywhere else. So... You cool with us putting you on IR? We'll see. None of that is determined yet. We don't know with certainty that those guys are going to be going on IR. But as Josina Anderson reported this morning, Josina Anderson says, I'm told quarterback Josh Johnson, defensive back Kevon Seymour, and defensive end Brent Urban are currently expected to be added to the Ravens' 53-man roster, which would suggest that there are three guys that are on the roster that are going to be headed to IR that they just... Didn't, like, these are all wink-wink agreements that were right. put into place before they made this announcement yesterday. It's one of the weird parts. It's almost like the NBA draft. Like It's almost silly that you have to go through this process of what a ceremony, yeah. if you will, instead of just saying, hey, look, this guy's going on IR, but it's the, the, the nature of the beast. That's the way that it works. You have to announce a 53-man roster, then you can put these players on IR, and then you can make the moves that you want to make. A, a, a question about what this means for Josh Johnson. Like, if Josh Johnson's coming back to the active roster, is that because Tyler Huntley's going to miss real time? 
John Harbaugh sort of downplayed the situation with um, Josh Johnson. So, or sorry, with Tyler Huntley, that is. So, don't know. Does it mean that Josh Johnson's actually the number two quarterback on the roster? I think a lot of people believe that was the case. And as I said all along, it's and we talked about it with Bo. The Ravens were the team that was pushing for the three quarterback rule. Like they wanted it. So I don't know that we can be all that surprised by the fact that they would want to have three quarterbacks on the roster. It was I was given the reminder after we were talking about it that you could still elevate one from the practice squad three times. So you wouldn't have to necessarily have three on the roster. But you're sort of just buying time. Mm-hmm. If you're planning on using the third quarterback rule all season, then you can only do that three times. So maybe we'll get some clarity as to what that means about who the actual backup quarterback is, but this report from Josina Anderson certainly suggests that it is not known that Tyler Huntley is just the definitive number two quarterback until someone says he's the definitive number two quarterback. And, you know, I think a lot of people have brought up the fact that while Tyler Huntley made some sense in a Greg Roman offense, he doesn't really make as much sense in a Todd Munkin offense. With all due respect to Tyler Huntley, and like I said before, I I think, unfortunately, a few times Ravens fans got carried away about what Tyler Huntley was. But even those of us that are most practical about him would acknowledge it's a neat story that an undrafted free agent that nobody wanted at all proved to be one of the 40 or 50 best quarterbacks in the world. That's That's wild. But his arm strength ain't it. He can't make the throws that NFL quarterbacks need to make. And while the Ravens were able to use him in a Greg Roman system and mold the system to limit the number of throws that he had to make, those limitations would always catch up with them. And it doesn't make as much sense in what we expect the Todd Munkin offense to be. Now, to Todd Munkin's credit, he's, again, his reputation is that he makes the offense work for whatever his the skills are that he's given. So maybe Todd Munkin could figure out a scheme that would work with Tyler Huntley's limitations. But the truth is, in a Todd Munkin offense, you probably need somebody with a bit of a better arm, and Josh Johnson has a better arm. So... If you told me I had to pick one or the other, I'd pick Josh Johnson in a Todd Munkin offense. And that's tough because I don't think Tyler Huntley's done anything to lose. I mean, obviously the Cincinnati thing was dreadful. Right. Like we all Is there a chance it was they, awful. they feel like I guess Josh Johnson maybe manages a game slightly better? So he, I think there's that's part of it. I, I think again maybe he's a little safer you, with the football too. So. Maybe, or if you just need someone to make a, a downfield throw. You don't do, trust Tyler Huntley. I, how could you? There is nothing that suggests that Tyler Huntley is ever going to be that guy as a thrower of the football. A lot of other things that he does, but as a thrower of the football, and I'm not trying to suggest that Josh Johnson has some brilliant arm, but more likely to be able to make that throw to me than what we've seen from Tyler Huntley. So I I would get it. But we, we don't know anything yet. We just know that he's still in the plans. I think we all assume that that was what was going on. Brent Urban was the most obvious choice to be the guy that they would announce was cut and then sign back the next day just because it's Brent Urban. Like, it's, it's, that guy would rather be here. He's happy. Like, it's a one, it's a one day bit, man. Like, hey, for one day, you're going to, 
trust us. Like, you're going to be back. No big deal. You're on the team. We just help us out here. And unfortunately, for those that are excited about Malik Ham, that means that, you know, Malik, we announced Malik Ham's on the team. And then tomorrow you're back on the team and Malik Ham's on injured reserve. Which doesn't mean that at some point the Ravens might not need Malik Ham to play this year. Like, that's, or might not, even if they don't need him, give him the shot to play. Unfortunately, injuries are quite real in the NFL, and they just might need Malik Ham. Speaking of injuries, the other disappointing part yesterday was it was official confirmation that Tyus Bowser will miss the first four weeks of the season. That doesn't mean he'll miss the first four weeks of the Tyus Bowser show. Yes. And we'll have more details about that um, uh, coming up in the next uh, 24 hours or so. Tyus Bowser will be a part of the team. He's not going to be out there for four weeks. Similar to a year ago, it's disappointing because beyond the fact that I like Tyus Bowser, he's a heck of a football player. And you also don't like someone, this becoming part of someone's reputation, that they are someone who misses time. It's a bummer. There's no way around it. Hopefully it's just the four weeks. And as everybody reminded me when we dealt with Lamar Jackson, you'd rather somebody be available for you at the end of the season than at the beginning of the season. I'd rather them be available for all of it, but this is football. That's the nature of the beast. The Ravens have a problem, however, with a sheer numbers problem and a depth problem when it comes to outside linebacker. And... I don't know. Again, we were talking about Boogie Basham yesterday. I absolutely would have considered the Boogie Basham thing. I don't. I don't know that I saw anybody. We we had Griffin do the bit where he was uh, shrugging. By the way, you screwed one of them up. You said the Ravens should have made this trade. I don't even. Who was it for Noah Igbehin or something oh, like yeah, that? I, 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 you, you, you say could have made this trade. The a bit of doing the shrug is what we're saying is, eh, I don't know. So that was a bad one because then people good. were all like. Tell, tell me anything about that play. And like, we shouldn't have said should have made this trade. That's not something we should have said because we have no idea if they should have made the trade or not. Well, no, 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 no. The shrug bit was good. It was a good bit because what we were saying was, I don't know. They need corners. I don't. That was the bit, was us admittedly saying we don't know. So that's why it wasn't good to do that, and they should have made it because then you're saying two conflicting things in the same okay. tweet. All right. I apologize that's, to everyone. Please, please. Mostly me because my name is on the Twitter account. All right. I'm sorry, Glenn. I, otherwise, you, you were doing a good job. <laughs> otherwise, it, the bit was working. Just that one was the one that stood out. But like in the edge rush department, particularly knowing that Tyus Bowser is going to be sidelined, knowing how thin you are at the position, they're, they're going to have to look. And I wasn't paying attention to who all outside linebacker-wise or edge rush-wise was being released yesterday, but there was nobody that jumped out that I said, oh, that could be an obvious answer for the Baltimore Ravens. Um you're going to have to poke around and see if you can. I, there is no getting around what a problem that is combined with what a problem they have at cornerback. There's no getting around it. And, again, you hope that Adafi Owe continues to improve and steps up, and this is the season where he's ready to be the guy, and you hope that David Ajabo is better than what he looked like in the preseason and is ready to come along. You hope those things are the case. But today, there's no getting around it. There is real reason for concern. There is significant reason for concern when it comes to those two particular areas of the football team. I think that covers all. Tylon Wallace did make the team as expected. So I they do six receivers. And, and but again, that'd be another area where, like, if 
if there's something out there and you could acquire an edge rusher and you needed to drop somebody because of it from the roster, all due respect, he's one of the last guys on the roster to me. And it's not just like, – I I don't know that you need six wide receivers when you've got three tight ends, all of which we think are going to be involved in catching the football. Pat Ricard, again, there was some concern, some maybe not even concerns the right word, thought about what his role would be. But if you add him in and if you think that his role is evolving to more of a sort of hybrid tight end, now you're talking about like four pass-catching tight ends and five wide receivers in front of Tylon Wallace. So you're the 10th? The 10th pass The ninth or the 10th yeah. pass-catching option on a football team? I get it. Tylen Wallace looked good, and I get that a lot of people like Tylen Wallace coming out of college. And I'm not telling you that I don't like Tylen Wallace. I'm just saying maybe he's Matthew Slater. And, uh... I, maybe I, I, if he's going to be on the team, I hope he's got that type of special ability in, in special teams. But my point is just that that's the guy that if you can find something that can be helpful in another area, that might be the guy that goes just because it's a sheer numbers game. I don't know that he's going to dress for a football game unless, again, his special teams roles. And that it's the part that, again, I just don't know enough to know. If his special teams role is so important, then he dresses. But on top of it, on top of the fact that you had to get it down to 53, on game day, you're only going to be able to have 47. So someone who doesn't dress is going to be at risk of going if you can find something at edge rush that could help or at cornerback that could help. So we'll see. The initial 53-man roster is set. As Josina Anderson reported, those three moves are expected, and the, the two that are the easy ones, or we assume that Keaton Mitchell and Malik Ham, as great of stories as they are, are probably both going to start the season on IR. There's got to be a third move made. I feel like there were some suggestions about who the third move would be, and I can't... Uh, was it Kevon Seymour? Uh, no, no, Kevon Seymour is going to be or, or, added back yeah, to the right, roster. Yeah, right, that's what I meant. Oh, uh, Pepe Williams. Pepe Williams could go to IR, too. Yes, I think it's almost certain just because is he, he actually okay. had surgery. So he had okay. ankle surgery, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Okay, all right. Um, Delshawn Phillips makes the team as well as the fifth Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people talked about like he was deserving of it, but that's another kind of... Wink. Well, I don't know. I just don't know what their... Because right. special teams comes into play there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his role is, but he's certainly one of the guys that's on the bottom end of the roster as far as any decisions that might be made in the coming days. And maybe they slide, what, our Darius Washington, I think, was playing a little bit at nickel during the preseason in practice, so um, maybe they use him as more of a corner as well? I, I, I think a few people have suggested yeah. that he was maybe their best corner <laughs> at times, which is, okay. con- which is concerning. Guess, is there any chance Marlon Humphrey could potentially land on IR or something? That would be very bad, but... Um, is it possible? I I would be really surprised mm-hmm. if Marlon Humphrey landed on IR at this point. I'd be really surprised by that. I I I mean, they would have to know something is. I think if there's any chance that you can get him back in the first four weeks, you go for it. You got to have him on it. Like you you can't play the game. You can. I I hate saying this. They might be playing. They might really believe that Tyus Bowser could be back by week three. But just because of the roster needs, they said, but it's not the end of the world if we don't have him back until we think we can get by until after week four. Marlon Humphrey is so critical to this football team that if there's a 20% chance of him being back by week three, 
that's probably enough for them mm-hmm. to say we don't we don't want to take that off the table. We don't want to and I got to remember what the rule is. It's 4 weeks, right? That you would have to be for I think IR. It is, is it? I think it's it's four, 3 or 4 weeks. Did they change it because of like the COVID thing? So like that made Dude, they changed made it, so many yeah. things during COVID and now that I'm not on the beat anymore, like it's so impossible to stay up for them. How long does a player have to be on IR? Have to be and on IR. And it's four games. So yeah, okay. I thought it was yeah. four games. So if there's any chance, I don't, they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do that. And they, they again, it might be that they end up regretting it because he ultimately misses four games anyway. But if there's a chance, yeah, that's a guy that you do it for. Correct. Yeah. He's too important. Just and you're way too thin at the position to not be doing that. All right, so that's what you need to know, Ravens roster-wise, and we'll see what the uh, corresponding moves are and if they find something else off the scrap heap. from, There's another team that gave up on a draft pick that they liked and was somebody that they had their eye on. That could be somebody that could be a surprise in the next couple of days. They pick up, but we will see how that plays out in the coming days as far as what decisions the Ravens still make after setting their initial 53-man roster. If you missed it on Monday, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson got together. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video in order to watch that show. Uh, Stan will be back on tonight with uh, Dr. Sanford Siegel talking about that uh, great event that he throws every year to help with uh, the fight against prostate cancer. So uh, that'll be tonight on Facebook Live. But Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And then if you miss these shows live, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. When we come back in, we will chat with Drew Forrester for better or for worse. Plus, we'll play Would You Rather Wednesday. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two N's in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glennclark23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Hey Birdland. 
A new alternative payment method is available at Oreo Park at Camden Yards for the 2023 season. O's Pay is a quick, convenient, and rewarding option to make payments at concessions and retail locations throughout the ballpark. Use O's Pay to unlock rewards, special offers, and unique experiences. And with secure, contactless payment, you'll get back to your seats faster. Get started in the MLB Ballpark app or learn more at Orioles.com slash O's Pay. That's Orioles.com slash O's Pay. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd, as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. If you have not picked up this print issue of Pressbox yet, encourage you to do it ASAP. It is going to get you ready for football season. As inside, you'll meet uh, college football players from around the state. Also, Bo Smolka's excellent cover story about uh, moving forward with Lamar Jackson in the contract era now. And you can find that in your neighborhood, Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press, find Pressbox, or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It is free to go get. Pick it up today. Is he good? Yeah, he, he needed 30 more seconds. So. How does he think he is? I don't know. He said he was getting another call that he had to... What is he, John Feinstein? <laughs> I'll tell you when I'm ready. You won't tell... What is this? So how do I know when it's been 30... Se- oh, you're calling him yeah, back? Yeah, I'm calling him back. Believe that guy. Do you believe that guy? Big t- Forrester. <laughs> yeah, exact. John Colson yells, who's doing that? Forrester. There's plenty of people I would say, give them all the time they need. <laughs> Better that way. Forrester, it'll be 30 seconds, and then it'll be another thing. When you call him back, it'll be, a, and then he'll be distracted. He'll be talking about something else after you call him. It's just going to be a nightmare the entire time. Needs 30 more seconds before he's ready. To do what? 
Drewsmorningdish.com. Drew Forrester with us here on a Wednesday because I, he couldn't make it in for some reason. What, what are you What are you doing today that's so important that you couldn't be here? Oh, I'm meeting with the uh, meeting with the president. Which 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 president? <laughs> which one? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the the six three two fifteen. Oh, that wow wow. That, <laughs> that How funny impressive. was it oh, that they God. put these pictures up of these like three yeah, athletes? Right? I don't even remember who they were. Like yeah. Tom Brady and somebody else, and yeah. it said these four men are all six three two fifteen, and then right. under, underneath it said actually only three of them are. <laughs> I the the hilarious part is that they let him self report. Like is that where we are? Is that where we are in this country? Like we're just allowed to say whatever we want. Like if I go well, I do it on my driver's, that's all my driver's license, if, I'm 61195. Why wouldn't you? And then, <laughs> it's so funny, man. I, so I love funny. it. Uh what's up no, with you? I'm, I'm going to play golf. No, yeah, I'm stu- playing stunner. golf today. Stunner, you're going to play golf. You're stunner. I talked to your boy uh, Gavin Sheets yesterday. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize he was a psycho too, though. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, as long as the temperature is above thirty nine, I'll play all all winter long." Yeah. Like, what, yep. what, is, what is wrong with you all? I like, know. Well, you, you need help. We get bored easily. Yeah, clearly that's the case. He's, um, boy, the White Sox. Holy cow! Yeah, it's bad, man. That is really, they are. really, really bad. I mean, they ought to go work for the post office. I, I, legit, I legitimately mailed it in. I legitimately thought about not calling him this time. Like, I legitimately thought about, like, I don't want to put it. But, you know, he's like the nicest guy in the world. And If if he know. told you, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit privy to some of the things, but yeah. I'm not going to share them, like, in my blog or yeah. with you. But, like, if he if he was okay with, like, sharing some of the things about the season, oh, I you, you no wouldn't doubt. believe it. No doubt. I mean, like, what a- from a professional team. What do you do about the Angels thing, by the way? Like, how do you, I? We, we talked about this earlier in the show. We all know that it's shameful and it's wrong, but you also can't tell teams you're not allowed to release players in August because then what if you just happen to be a bad team that has a player that stinks, right? Like, how do you fix this moving forward? I don't know. Why did they do it? Because they just don't want. What, they want to try to. Apparently, they they might be able to get under the luxury tax. Apparently, okay. if all five okay. guys are picked up by other teams with their salaries, then the Angels would get underneath the luxury tax. Okay, so it's a money thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I mean, that's just a loophole that, I mean, what do you do about it? I I don't know. I mean, because they found a loophole. Like, we don't want to pay this, whatever it is, $20 million penalty or whatever the number is. Right. Like, and we're in last place and we're not going anywhere. A month after we kept the best player in baseball because we told everybody we were in for the long haul. Right. Um. I hope we go get Grychuk just so he doesn't play for somebody else. Yeah, this is great, and, great point. And, and murder continues to murder us like he did in Toronto. Right, no right, doubt. Right. Yeah, but right. they, but they are not going to none of these all these five guys like none of them are likely to last to the Orioles on waivers, and that's why it's so infuriating, right? Is that right? You know, these teams that you're going to be competing with now have the opportunity for for free improve themselves in August, and you're not going to get the same chance. So we like we know. We know, as as I was joking about with our friend Ken Zalis, we would not let this happen in a fantasy football league. Like if somebody just put a put right. a Lucas Giolito caliber player out right. on waivers, we would kick them out of the league. We would say right. th- this is obviously shameful, and you don't get to be a part of this moving forward. But I don't. And you got money for it or something, right? right. Yeah, clearly whoever had the top waiver priority figured this out, worked out some sort of arrangement with you. That, that this could happen and you're no longer allowed to be part of the fantasy football league. 
But I don't know what you do if you. I really, and it's the other thing too that we always scream about. Fans always say, "Well, the commissioner has to step in," but we, you don't want that. You do not want commissioners to just start stepping in and making up new rules because then you you're opening up a Pandora's box of what they're capable of doing. That, right? How much power they have? Exactly sure. right. That you don't want. So, so we all know that there's a problem here, but now solve the problem, and I don't have that answer. Yeah, I mean. You hit right on it. You don't want the commissioner involved. So Giolito to the Mariners, Grychuk to the Braves. Um, who's the only, only other good player? Because the, the, Mar- the Mariners need more pitching. That's exactly what the Mariners need. Yeah, is more right. pitching. Giolito to the Mariners. Um, I'm Grychuk. terrified. By the way, Giolito's not going to get to the Mariners. He's going to be an Astro. He's going to be an oh, Astro. And they're ahead now. Correct. The Mariners are in front of the Astros and the Rangers. So one of those teams is going to add another starting pitcher on top of everything else. And who's the other guy? Renfro, right? The only other good player is Renfro. Somebody will get him. Somebody will take Matt Moore, right, just because why not? It's one more arm in your bullpen. Right, right. What what do you mean? We'll take him, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, look, if Matt Moore slides all the way through, I'm not saying I wouldn't take him. I just think that somebody's going to take him before that. The real question would be, does the commissioner put pressure on – any of the bad teams to step up and put a waiver claim in just to prevent this from being a, a bigger scandal, right? Like, does does Rob Manfred go to, and I can't even think of, you know... The Pirates. Right, and say, look, man, it's going to cost you a, a, a two million bucks. We'll, we'll wink, wink, nudge, nudge, do you a favor. Just, just nip this in the bud so we don't have to deal with it anymore. Just claim one of these guys so that they don't end up going to one of the real teams, and it becomes well. A that is the way to team. that is the way to do it, but then that's sort of not fair to the player. No, not at all. Is it? Well, but yeah, you say it's not fair to the player. Like it, the player was going to be on a bad team no matter what. Like no, the, he isn't. Not if he goes to the Astros. No, I know, but he was he was going to be on the Angels. So like, oh, okay, but now that he's been set free. Does he want to go to a bottom feeder or does he want to go to a but real team? But that's how the waiver system works, right? Like, you can't abandon – short of just saying that there is no more waiver system and everybody just gets to be a free agent when they're released. And, by the way, we can have a conversation about whether or not that should be, but this is not a situation where the player has control over what team is able to get them. It doesn't – that's not right. That's not the way that the system It's nefarious work. no matter what way you do it, but I would subscribe to doing it the way you did, which is the commissioner calling – the Yankees and saying you guys need to pick up the right, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Like, just do it. Do us a favor here. Add, add another. Add right, another four right, million right. to your we'll, penalty. We'll we'll take care. We, by the way, we always do. We always take care of you. So we'll take care of you. Do me a favor. Don't let this become a thing where Giolito ends up in Houston and we got to hear about it from the team that was banging the trash cans a couple years ago. Like, so could you? Here's another question. Could you or could you not run down to first base faster than Tim Anderson? <laughs> yeah, I could. I don't know. What about Cedric on the double the other night, just like very casually walking into second base while the ball was right in front? Of him? What? Because well, you know why, right? Why? Because Anderson didn't go over to cover second base. So he just knew he was good. The second, yeah. the second he saw it right away. I watched the whole play happen. Yeah. The second baseman was sort of playing deep. The ball went over his head. He went out into shallow right field to potentially collect the throw. Anderson stood 15 or 16 feet away from second base. Mullins saw it and said, well, he's not going to – I've got half a chance to get there before he does. And Anderson stood there, and then he realized Mullins was coming, right. and he ran over, but it was too late. I'm going to start Would You Rather Wednesday quickly because I, I, it's going to dive into a bigger conversation that we're going to have. All right, so Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Birdland Sports. You can go right now at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. 
or facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Get involved. Anybody who participates is registered to win a free shirt from Birdland Sports. Number one for Would You Rather Wednesday, Drew, is this. Would you rather the Orioles commit to Yenier Cano as being their closer moving forward or go with a by-committee approach where based on matchups they might also use Danny Coulomb or D.L. Hall or, say, Tyler Wells when he returns? I think I'm okay with the committee. I don't. I think Cano has showed, you know, if you go through his full body of work, I think he is the most reliable of those guys. Maybe not as much of a sample size on him, obviously, as I mean, on Hall as is on him. I, I think ultimately Hall could definitely close. I, I look at him a little bit like what Zach Britton was, a failed starter who's got really good stuff. And um, I, I, I think he could close. I, I'm, I'm okay with the committee. I'm okay if they decide that Grayson Rodriguez only has 30 innings left. I'm okay if they decide to let him try it. So committee is the answer to me. Okay, so a lot of people are getting it. In fact, that's been the more popular answer so far. I feel like I'm normally the person that says committee, but for whatever reason, and we put Greg, I put Greg Olson on in the first hour of the show, and I, I ran this question by him, and he's like, based on what I talked about with Brandon Hyde, I think they're going to go with the committee. And then I said, but you, as a closer, did you need to know that you were the guy? And he was like, 100%. I, I, was, not, sure. I was not the same guy if I didn't know that I was the guy that was pitching in that spot. And the more I talk to anyone who's been in that role, the more they, they, need to know. they always say, you can always use I mean, your, right. your, your seventh inning guy in the ninth inning if you need to, but you can't use your ninth inning guy in the seventh inning. They have to know and, that they're the guy. And, and does the three-hitter thing change at all or no? What do you mean? The facing the batter three oh, times. Oh, does that thing. change the way that yeah, – I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I would say because of that, I would be inclined to say for now, we're gonna. I, I want to know that when you get to the playoffs, the guy that you're putting in in that spot is confident about being that guy. I don't disagree with that has, either. Has I, the mentality wonder, that's who they are. I do wonder if the three batter thing matters as it relates to matchups, right. and that's where the left hander. Right. So because naturally there are more right handers, that's why that's where the left hander. Yeah, the cool might thing. not be the viable option well if you if you started doing the math ahead of time in the eighth inning and you said hey look you know look at how this would shape up there's a likelihood that in the ninth we would face two lefties i could see you saying well maybe we try to switch it around and have Coulomb pitch the ninth the problem being they can always switch one of those guys out for a pinch hitter and now you've gone out of your way to try or you give up a couple of hits in the eighth inning and suddenly the thing that you were looking for is present i i just think that at this point you got to know that you've got a closer. And I've got the same qualms about Yenier Cano that everybody else does. Like, I am, I am concerned about how flaky he's been at times this season. But somebody's got to be the guy. And I would at least start by giving Cano the opportunity to prove that he's capable of being the guy moving forward. I, I, I would sign off on that. I, I think any of these – how about Deer Antler spray for um, Batista? <laughs> Try to get him back a little bit quicker. You said it, it works. Right. We both we we both tried it, and I don't know. I I felt something. I don't know. It worked for Ray. Ray said, that. "What I do? Rub it on my elbow." Right. It's one of the greatest stories of all time, where everybody was like, no. "These guys are using steroids," and then two months later, it all came out like, 
actually they were doing nothing. <laughs> like, right. Actually, it was just a placebo. They were rubbing, they were rubbing toothpaste on their arm Correct. and they didn't know it. It was nothing more than a placebo effect. That's all it right. was. And they had to go apologize to VJ Singh, and they had to like right. give him money back. Like, my God. It's one of the greatest. It was the scandal of scandals when we were at the Super Bowl. The, the guy did a thousand-person press conference, and as it turns out, it was nothing. He said to me, I've never talked to Ray Lewis in my life. And I looked right down on his cell phone. It said Ray Lewis, 954-749. Like, Ray's number was right there. Right. And it was was a massive scandal. And then, dude, they tried to – they were – I don't know if you remember the the story. Colin Kaepernick showed up at, like, a basketball game wearing a Bucks hat. And Ravens fans created a scandal like they were trying to make a like he was trying to point out that the only reason the Ravens won is because Ray Lewis was using deer antler spray. Yeah, because of the Bucks logo. I right. love it. It was the I dumbest. I, we have been around a lot of dumb stories in our lives. That, that will go the- down as one of the top three dumbest controversies in sports history. The like, guy gave you and I a bottle. He said, "Take try some right now." Right, and we did. Uh, us and, we, and, and Klemko, right? Like we invited I'm Rob. Like, I don't. I don't feel any different. <laughs> but give me a couple hours. I'll let you know. I don't know. I felt something. <laughs> I was. We were While exhausted. While he was doing the week. press conference, his phone was dinging with PayPal. I remember looking at his phone. I was standing right there. PayPal, you have received $101. Like, he was literally making money 100%. as he stood there. Over nothing. For right. you and I could go bottle something up today and just walking right. around and say, hey, we're going to start selling, you know, bear piss. Like, we're telling hey. you, it works great. Like John Mellencamp said, ain't that America. Ain't that America, baby. Ain't that America. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, any, uh, your thoughts in general about the Batista thing? Like, I, I, I wrote in the column, I don't think the season's over. I, I just think that we, we would be kidding ourselves to pretend like a team that already was flawed is not seriously damaged by losing the guy that had been their most consistent performer throughout the course of the and, season. And I would say that's exactly what I would that I said I don't think it's over I do think this really diminishes the chances they can win the World Series because the margin for error in those eight or nine or ten games that he would be a factor in just presupposing they win the division and they you know they could play a maximum of 12 games thereafter right he the margin for error in those is so slim that if you lose if you lose when he lost that game whatever it was a couple of weeks ago, who cares? It's July the 28th or whatever the date was. When you lose a game on October 13th because you were up 4-3 in the ninth and you mm-hmm. didn't close it, mm-hmm. you're, now you're down two games to one. Yep. And the next day, Tyler Glass now throws a six-hitter against you and you lose 3-1 to one and the season's over. Well, and I would, like, even, I, I would even go beyond just the ninth inning. Like, it's the thing that, like, let's just say Yanir Cano, who, by the way, in August has been very good, right? Like, he's looked, right. looked much more like the guy that we saw you know, the thing that happened on Sunday wasn't his fault by any stretch of the imagination. No doubt. Um, he's looked much more like the guy that we saw at the beginning of the year. So let's just say Yanir Cano can be that guy. The difference is you are always going to have Yanir Cano. You, you can't just say, well, Yanir Cano can step in and be the guy that gets right. the outs in the ninth inning. Well, then who's getting the outs in the eighth inning? Like right, you, right, you, are, right. you are one fewer arm, no matter how you slice it, no matter what you say to make yourself feel comfortable, for a team that was thin. And you already brought up, like we as, as well as Grayson Rodriguez's pitch. And, dude, I am losing my mind excited 
about, right. you know, the, we have not seen anything like this in forever. I'm very excited. But to your point, we don't know how many innings he still has in him this year. We don't know if he's going to be able to do that. So you got an innings thing to begin with, and now you've lost one guy whose innings, whatever they were you were confident in, however you slice it, you can't pretend like that doesn't hurt you. Or well, hurt you lost you. the MVP of the team. Correct. I mean, if we're Correct. cutting the whole thing out, the reason they have at this point 83, he hasn't been involved in the last four of them, but the reason they had 79 wins when he was on the team, or whatever the number was, he was largely because of him. Yes. You know, they, they would have had 70 without him, or 72, or whatever the math is. But he's the MVP of the team. Yep, that's a fact. To that's, me. That's, that's a fact. And he so was... I feel that same way. I, I think, does it mean they can't win? No, but does it greatly diminish their chances of winning 12 games in October? I, I kind of think it does. I'm with you. All right, uh, would you yeah. rather number two? You have to bet everything you have, same odds. Yes. I know, I know. You're very excited. <laughs> you have to bet on one of the three Ravens wide receivers – being the one to lead the wide receivers in receiving yards this year? Are you betting Bateman, Flowers, or Beckham? Oh, 100% Flowers. Okay, talk me through it. Bateman can't lead the team in catches when he only plays six games. Okay. Beckham okay. can't lead the team in catches when he gets pissed off after the fourth game and throws his helmet and then only plays nine games because his hamstring hurts. Uh-huh. And Flowers leads the team because he plays all 17 Same. games and finishes with 1,100 yards. All right. All right. I'll, I'll listen to your theory. I will listen to your theory. I mean, they all, that all washes out, right? Um, I'm not as con- – like, I, I, I'm not going to do the bit that other people do. If somebody gets hurt once, that means they're just constantly going to be hurt. Like, I just I, – I get it. I understand it, but I don't I, – I just don't subscribe to the theory, right? Like, I, I – you like Chinese food? I do. Oh, you, you want to? So what's the actual pick your number? Tell me what the bet pick is. Pick your number. Pick your number. For which guy? Which guy are we talking about? Bateman. Bateman, how many games he plays? Yeah. If he plays fewer than 12 games, I'll buy you Chinese lunch. Done. Okay. There you go. And we're going down Wayne's Mill. Yeah, we'll go to the Asian kitchen. I'm good with that. 100%. Okay. We'll go to the Asian kitchen. Right. He plays. They'll still remember our what, order. What? No, he gets Griffin wants to know if he gets to get in on this. Like, no. I just get to go. Oh, you want to come along? Yeah, yeah you're going. You're paying. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Griffin wants to come along. I'm saying if. if no, I'm saying Griffin can pay. Man. Oh, Griffin no. can pay either way is what you're saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, if he plays fewer than 12 games, I'll take both of you out for a Chinese lunch. You got I'll it. do that. You got I'll it. do that. It's right. a dumb bet to make. I don't know why. But wait a second. It doesn't work. Hang on. Is it reciprocal? Either way. Right. Yeah, right. If, if, if he, he plays, plays 12, more than 12. 12 or more, then. Oh, wait, so we're calling 12 a push? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, 12 will be a push, 12 and is we'll a still push. go. 12 is a push, and we'll both buy Griffin lunch. Uh, right. 12 is a push. More than 12, you pay in less 12 than 12. Games. All right, very good. Very Done. good. I'm on on that. Uh, and then number three for Would You Rather Wednesday, Drew. Two stories. I'm not sure if you saw them this week. Um, you know, I know you, you're you in the, the, the Catholic world. Do you happen to watch uh, any podcasts about Notre Dame football? I do not. No, you don't watch any Notre Dame football? It's a shame you don't watch any Notre Dame football podcasts because there was a really interesting one this week, like a really compelling – it's called The Irish Breakdown. Uh, It's it's hosted by someone named Vince DiDarlo, and uh, he was doing a live podcast this week, and and he had a small issue during the course of that podcast. Unfortunately, there's no audio involved. You'd have to see the video, but it is very obvious that – he made a mess in his pants in the middle of doing his podcast. 
Oh my gosh! You have to see it. The other yeah, guy, he- the other guy is talking, and all of a sudden, you see, huh, 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 and he just just scuttles off. Like it is extraordinarily obvious what okay. had occurred. The other story that I think you probably heard about this week, uh, were you aware of the story out of Chicago where there was, a, there was a, a, a shooting issue at a White Sox game? Yes. Did you see the story that was reported about what happened? No. Okay. Peggy Kaczynski, who's a reporter for ESPN 1000 in Chicago, reports, the shooting at guaranteed rate field during a White Sox game was indeed an accidental discharge by one of the women who was grazed by the bullet. She reportedly snuck the gun in past metal detectors, hiding it in the no. folds of her belly fat. Oh. Yeah, you were expecting me to go to a different place. I understand. Yeah, I was. I understand. Okay. I understand. Okay. So, would you rather today oh be the guy who had this happen to him live on a podcast for the world to see or find out and you got to think yourself a little bit younger find out that your mother was the woman who snuck a gun in the folds of her belly fat and shot herself at a white Sox game oh boy yeah poor mom <laughs> probably, probably probably go with mom it's her embarrassment not mine not yours well i don't know man i'm pretty sure there's going to be some secondhand embarrassment involved doc i, I am pretty sure that you're going to hear about that for a long time to come bro but i'm not hearing about the other one <laughs> yeah drew's like drew's like as far as you know i've never had that happen to me correct exactly right as far as you know all right what do you want to say about victor hovland well I mean, you know, right now I would say he's the best player in the world. I, I don't know that, you know, the, the, the stats don't back that up, um, but he did win those two events against the best fields. Scheffler's season was unreal, and particularly unreal when you, when you note that he only won two times. He led in 11 categories. He led in 11 ball-striking categories on tour. Hadn't been done since Tiger in 2000, and – only won twice. He, he could have, should have, would have won nine or ten times. He just, his putter was not very good. And as the season went on, his inability to bury the par fives is what killed him. But, you know, Hoblin winning those last two in the way that he did against the best field, you know, I, I would say he's the player of the year. I, I think the data would say it's Scheffler, but winning those two and winning the money and winning the whole thing, and now we got to face him in the Ryder Cup, you know, it, to me, he's the player of the year. I guess the question that I would ask is, like, for, for people that only care about major championships, is he so definitive the best player that, like, he's immediately a threat to start winning sure. a bunch of these things? Yeah, he'll, he'll, he can win any of those four. Okay. He, he can win any of them. His game is tailor-made for all of them. With, he could win the Masters. He can win the Open. He could win them all. So why hasn't he, that happened he, yet? Like, tell, walk he's me been through. close. You know, yeah. he's had he's had three chances. I think he he, he was in the final group um, in the Masters two years ago. Or this year, he was in the final group in the British Open last year. He was in the final group of the PGA. He he's had some chances. He just hasn't closed the door. He hasn't putted particularly well on the weekend, which is always why you don't wind up winning. Um, but he, you know, he is not a fluke. That's for sure. He's not a Billy Horschel. I don't even know if I should say Billy Horschel was a fluke the year he won, but this kid's going to win 
25 or 30 tour events in his life. And, you know, Billy Horschel's got five or something. This, this kid's really, Hovland is really a legitimate player. All right. All right. I, I, I believe you. I just, he's going to be a problem in Italy in a, another month. That's for sure. What time are they doing? Is that like six in the morning type of bit for the Ryder Cup this year? I guess because it's on the time difference. Yeah, right. So actually, probably, yeah. and it's probably better because then it's not up on on on, on up against football on Sunday. So yeah, we'll do it. Up. We'll do. A, we'll have a little viewing party at your place. Oh yeah, that's a, that's the plan. <laughs> what weekend? <laughs> what weekend is the Ryder Cup? Tell me it's the same weekend the Ravens are playing in Europe. By the way. Tell it's me the 29th the and 30th oh, no, of you're, September. You're, you're yeah, good. you're good. The Ravens are after that. You're good. I still think we're probably not going to do the viewing party, but if you want, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe we can work something out. Maybe Let I me love, know, dude. I've always thought that we should at some point, and I, I've, I've, maybe this would have been the year to do it because I'm not doing uh, post game over on the radio station. That at some point we should do the bit where like you just put a camera up and watch us watch the games. Oh, and, and, no doubt. And see what happens, like see how we react to certain things. Maybe we should have thought about that for this year. That might have been a fun year to do it. I don't know. We'll, I'm up for that. We'll look into something like that. Uh, all right, what's coming up? So so the radio show's done for the season. Yep, done for the year, radio show done, but I'll be uh, hanging around over there occasionally when they need a fourth stringer. Right, when they need, when they got to go really deep on the bench, where yep. they got nobody left to call. <laughs> when Bruce doesn't need his 375 for the day, they turn to me. <laughs> Well, they don't. Don't they normally give that to Brent Harris, though? Isn't that normally yeah. how that works? Is they just yeah. call Brent instead and say you can have it? Uh, but you'll still be grinding at DrewsMorningDish.com, of course. And, uh, yes, sir. At a hit at it's a hooded four iron on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, and I'll but, see you soon at some point. Yeah, come. Why don't you come back by the studio? That'd be nice on a Wednesday. I will. When was the last time you were here on a Wednesday? Last Wednesday. No, you came in on Tuesday. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time, bro. Oh, been a really long time. All right, pal. We'll talk soon. See you. Thanks, buddy. It's Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. Checking in with us here on GCR. All right. Uh, Would You Rather Wednesday? Again, it's brought to you by Birdland Sports, and um, we will hook somebody up with a T-shirt of their choosing from BirdlandSports.com. Uh, where were you with uh, these uh, scenarios, the, uh, the Cano versus committee? Uh, I also lean committee, I th- Everybody's going committee. I have I have totally been flipped on this by the number of closes. Even as Greg Olson was telling me about committee, then I asked him about him, and he wants a immediate. No, 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 no. no. He just said I had to know, and that's these guys. There, when we were talking to Jacob Webb about the psychopath thing, like add another nth degree to that when you talk about closers. We all like to say things. And I get it. It's funny because whenever we talk about football analytics and why it is that when you're down 15, you go for two the first time and not the second time, one of the first things we say is because you're not more likely to get the two in the final minute of the game than you are to get it in the eighth. There's no, there's no evidence that the two-point conversion likelihood is any, more, is any different at the end of the game than it is with eight minutes left. On paper... There is no difference between the three outs that you have to get in the ninth inning and the three outs that you have to get in the seventh inning. So if you count on somebody to get outs, what's the difference between using them in the seventh or using them in the ninth, right? Like that's the argument that people would make. But every time you talk to someone who's ever been in this position, you always get the same response. You don't – the ninth inning guy is just a different animal. It's a different breed. And so as much as it sounds right to me by to go by committee, there's also the practical end of that, which is what we were just talking about with Drew. If your thought process is 
you, you're getting ready for the the eighth inning. And you look and you see that the next three guys that are up are all righties. And then the three guys after that, there's two lefties. So you say to yourself, well, maybe we use Cano in the eighth and then have Coulomb for the ninth. Well, what happens when Cano puts two guys on base? Are you going to Cologne for to, to get to him get out of trouble right. against the lefties? Then just putting D.L. Hall out for the ninth and hoping for the best? Yeah. It, it's... I, I, the only thing I would say is if you present yourself so that you keep Coulomb available and that sometimes if you get to the ninth, you have both Coulomb and Cano warming up and the guys that are coming up to the plate, there happen to be a couple of lefties. I'll listen to that argument that on that particular night, there might be a better reason to go to Coulomb than there is to go to Cano. And you can always, if Coulomb puts a runner on base, you can always go to Cano to finish it up. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I guess I, I'm just leaning, I'm leaning towards having that flexibility of doing matchup based, uh, you know, with mat- making matchup based decisions mm-hmm. when you don't have a guy that is, you know, that you know is that completely different animal like Felix Bautista. I mean, we know Cano is very, very good and maybe it I, would help I get him. It. And maybe I think part of what people are he hearing is that, like you're committing to Cano no matter what happens. Like, committing to Cano is for now. And if you get three weeks into this thing and you realize Cano is not that guy, then you go a different way. Somebody else. But to me, it's you got to have a guy. There's got to be someone who you have confidence, you have faith in, that can handle the spot. That when you get to game one of the ALDS, you know this spot isn't going to be too big for this guy. That guy's our Grim Reaper. Right? That's that's your, your executioner. That's your, you know, whatever you wanted to cure. King Felix. I um, Don't call him that. Well, he's the King Felix. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm not telling you that I have super confidence in Cano. I don't. I don't. But I think he earned the right to be the first guy. And I think you got to try to do as much as you can in the coming weeks to build up his confidence to be that guy and then you can have backup plans from there and ultimately if Cano can't do it then maybe by the time you get to that point it is just closer by committee it is just trying to look at who is the best of what we have left in the bullpen that every once you go to the bullpen it's just a matchup game the entire time you look at who's due up whose numbers are best against those guys or those types of hitters and you go with that guy but now you get to the point where like by the ninth inning you might have used so many relievers that you're left with Fujinami or you're left with I think that's why I'm going to stay with going with the, uh, I mean, for lack of the committee right now, because maybe there is a guy that you, the, it, every everybody kind of fluctuates throughout September, but by the end of September, there is a guy like maybe DL Hall, you know, emerges as clearly being like a shutdown guy, and then maybe he's he he ends up being the clear cut closer for October. Maybe, maybe. Um, so I'm I'm okay with sticking. I'm going with option two. All right. I think you're stupid. All right now. I love you. We should just call him King Felix, whoever it is. Whoever, yeah, we whoever it is, yeah. we just go with. Oh, I, that's a I, great. Playoff that actually is a great idea. I really wish that, like, to, if to, if this if afternoon, like, they, there's a, you see a tweet that Yanir Cano is coming in, you should retweet it and say, I think you mean King Felix. Right. I, I Now I'm hoping the Orioles or, get matched up with the Mariners and, like, the ALDS. Mm, I don't know. They got a lot of pitching. I'm not sure if I like that. Yeah, matchup. but, like. God, they, oh, it's terrifying. Got a lot of enemies over there. All right. Um. Oh man, Sitsipas is in trouble in the first set. 
Who's this guy? I'm complicated. I don't even Stricker. I don't even know who this guy is. I, it's complicated for me because I don't like Sitsipas. Oh. But like, I also think I have a little bit of money. Is it on because this? who's Sitsipas dating? He's a uh, Palabadosa. Yeah, yeah, I am quite jealous why. about that. I am quite. No, it's because he's very douchey. Like he's a bathroom break guy. He's a skirt the rules. God, there was a huge controversy. You hate me. I probably take a lot of bathroom breaks. There's a huge controversy. Laura Sigmund, who played um, Coco. Coco in the first round, started crying in her press conference after the match because she was. You know, so poorly treated by the fans in New York. And a couple of tennis journalists, particularly European tennis journalists, have jumped on it. And, like, one, you're facing an American in New York. What did you think the reaction was going to be? Now, she even not Like, her argument is, I did everything that I could do to try to win the match. And the point is well taken, which is, like, she knew that she could not play at Coco Golf's pace. She's 36 years old. So she did everything in her power to try to slow the pace down, right? Like, and if that meant that she had to skirt the rules to do it, she she did it in the name of scra- strategy. Strategy. The name of strategy. She did it. The problem being, she she did skirt the rules. She got one-time violation, and we all know she should have gotten a lot more that were watching the match. So should we outlaw booing? Like, is that where we are, where we got to say nobody's allowed to boo anymore? I, I understand. I don't love booing in general, but, like, I, I get it. And I don't know what she expected. She was going to play a primetime match in New York against the most popular American player right now. D- did she think the crowd was going to be on her side? Like, her camp had to be preparing her for that. And I, it's tough because I don't want to diminish someone's experiences or their feelings or suggest that, like, it, it would probably suck to be trying to win a, a, a compete at what you do and just be dealing with booze. But, like, you know, in most sports, that happens. Like, if you go play a big game at, you know, the, the Lakers, I don't think that, like, the Nuggets just walk in there and think that nobody's going to boo them. It, it's kind of part of sports culture. I know tennis is a little bit different. And, like, in tennis, you're not supposed to... It, it's, it's Even if you're openly rooting for someone, you're not really supposed to root against the other person. So if the other player misses a shot, you're not really supposed to cheer for that, right? Like you're not supposed to – you're supposed to cheer for when your player makes shots, like on the offensive. hits a winner, yeah. but you're not really supposed to cheer when someone shanks a ball into the crowd. Like you're just supposed to kind of acknowledge it. Like, you know, maybe a – you know, yes. something like that. Like, But you're not okay. supposed to – react wildly it's sort of part of like tennis culture like, as you know the, the i'm, I'm a big training. part of the tennis community it's yes. like the fans need training for before they can go to a big time no i mean like but it's not there's no rules to it it's just the way that it's been for some right, time right. but you know I, I, it's hard because i can i can have empathy for someone and say like hey it probably wasn't fun to be tr- be treated that way like when you're trying to just play tennis but at the same time it's kind of part of sports like you you do get nice you, you've made a lot of money playing tennis and part of that is because people want to come out to these events and french fans treat players that are playing against french french players certain ways is it is it not fair to someone who like doesn't have a home grand slam like so, so the european if, journalists are saying that the american fans are are, are, are disrespectful are, yeah but that's you know that's not new like that's that's something that you hear all the time there are certain people that it's a whole thing it's a whole thing. I don't know how Ridiculous. I got into this. How did we? How did uh, we because Sitsipas is about to lose the first. Uh, 
Well, you're happy, right? I am. It's I'm yeah. I'm I'm con- I'm conflicted because again, I don't like Sitsipas, and I love the idea of him being out of the U.S. Open, but at the same time, I think one of the bets that I made today. Oh, okay, okay, there it is. That's, yeah. that's 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 where I'm, I'm conflicted. <laughs> All right, uh, number two. Would you rather uh, you got to bet on one of those three receivers to lead the team in uh, receiving yards? You got to bet everything. Everything okay. you got, which I know Man, for you. I know. I don't. I can't like, even make that much money. Griffin's like three hundred dollars. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. <sighs> Just I don't trust Ravens rookie receivers yet. I still don't. I want to. Zay Flowers seems to be seems like he is defying all the odds as a Ravens rookie receiver. I think I'm gonna go with Rashad Bateman. Um, I this is the even r- if he does only play 12 games, I think he's got like still I'm, got the best chance. I I'm, mean, he I've been inclined. Yeah. Part of the reason I brought this up is because I'm doing a two o'clock hit today on Sirius XM Fantasy Radio, oh. and I guarantee this is going to be a conversation that we're going to have. And I am struggling with it every time that I have done. Just talk yourself into each I, guy, and then talk yourself. I, right I out. feel like every time I've been on because it's Michael Fabiano's show, and I've been on a show a bunch this summer, and like every time I'm just like, dude, I, I know everybody's enamored with say flowers and i get it odell beckham's name is odell beckham but like ultimately the guy that i have seen establish a connection with lamar jackson mm-hmm. is rashad bateman so like and I, I i don't know i feel like that's the guy that i'm inclined to think is the one that's most likely now i understand everybody's enamored with zay flowers skill and everybody that has watched the ravens in training camp has just gone gaga over what zay flowers brings to this team and maybe that's really what's going to happen but i try not to overreact to training camp. <sighs> Can I just go Mark Andrews? No. If everyone would do that, <laughs> dummy. I think I'm with you. I think my answer is Bateman. Yeah. I think it is. But boy, it's it's tough to do, right? Because yeah. the point that Drew made is not like, you know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. And at some point that's that does become part of who you are. I it's tough. It's tough. And then number three, would you rather be the guy who uh, asked himself or your mom? snuck a gun into a baseball game between her belly fat rolls and shot herself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what my mom's doing at a White Sox game either. That's Just uh, settle down. <laughs> don't uh, overthink it. It's one or the other. I think, well, so I think I'm going to go with, uh, because the, the comments actually made good points, this guy can now, you know, strike a deal with, like, dude wipes. Dude wipes, yeah. And, you know, other, you, can, you know, he can kind of, he could kind of flip it around, you know, and be but like... But he's also always going to be that guy. Like, you guy do have to keep that in mind. Like, you're you're never getting away from that. Wherever you go... He could also say, well, when asked... I mean, he could, you know, sign the dude wipes deal and play up in mm-hmm. it. And then when somebody says, how come you, you know, did this? He's like, what are you talking about? I didn't... Yeah, but dude, we, dude, we know. You can't <laughs> watch that video and think anything else. There's no other believable scenario that's happening there. Like, he'd probably try to say, like, well, I needed to go. That's why I ran to that. But I didn't actually. No, dude. You you did. It happened. You you asked your pants. I to watch it again real quick. It's, <laughs> there's no getting around. I've seen that face before. Um, and the video exists. That's the other part of it that's problematic. Dude, one thing occurred there. One thing occurred there. That's it. Nothing else. Oh, um, man. Um, I'm gonna go with that guy. I can, you know, I, f- I, you know, I'll let my marketing my opportunities. Yeah, marketing there. opportunities. Uh, Jeremy pointed alone. out on his Twitter the other day that like he's like, dude, I've had this happen to me while <laughs> I was doing a broadcast. Just wasn't on video, right? Um, if if you are a certain type of person that's self-deprecating to begin with, you can. The, the one guy from Barstool Sports made an entire career the, uh, out of being a guy balls? that s his pants. No, oh, wait, no, 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 no. The guy that oh. the guy. 
the the guy I don't know what is I don't I'm not a barstool I'm sorry right. I'm just I mean, not I'm a barstool person like I like Eric and I like you know Banks and I, I like PFT commenter but I just not the barstool thing is not my thing it's a little bit younger than me it's just not it oh that guy yeah yeah uh, uh, Jersey Jerry that guy no one in the world had ever heard of until he did a video and we all we, we remember the video because it was viral everywhere he said it's a sad day it's a bad day and we all remember it. Because he asked his pants. And he made a career out of being the guy that asked his pants. I couldn't tell you anything else about, I guess he's, I'm assuming he's from Jersey. I'm assuming that's yeah, why his yeah, name yeah. is Jersey Jerry. I couldn't tell you a single other thing about that guy. We didn't but even know his name until I had I know that person exists because he asked his pants. So if you're willing to be self-deprecating about it, if you're willing to acknowledge it and have fun with it, then... Like, you know, it, you're probably not going to get certain jobs. You're probably taking yourself. You're probably never going to be the play-by-play voice of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Well, They'll probably not the give Notre that, that job. Anyway, so. it, do, put it, if you were doing a podcast about, you're probably out of the running to replace Spiro now at Towson. Like, they're probably not going to go with well, the guy that asked his pants on video. Like, they probably just well, don't it, want that. Again, there's no... There's no, it's not, you, know, you can't confirm or deny. No, you yeah. can. I we had can to go to the bathroom. Certainly As a professional, it. I got up and left. Right. It, we know what happened. Um, yeah, that's, there's no, the audio. It's a sad day. It's a bad day. Oh, that's the. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's that this has never happened before. Should I pull up a And I'm man enough no, to I don't share care. it. I don't, I'm man enough. I'm man enough to share it. Uh, I, sh- I don't even know how to say this. Uh. I shit myself on the train coming home. Look, man. I shit myself on the all, train coming home. I, I, I guess I should, have given, I should have given a warning. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't give the warning. Look, man. We've all been a little too trusting of a fart at some time in our life. We've all experienced a moment where we're like, now, there's various levels of what occurs in those moments, right? There's a big difference between something came out and full on. You know, like, we've all been there. But, you know, we know what happened here. And if you're capable of it, then I, God bless you. And I would choose that if you can be self-deprecating. And I think because I can be self-deprecating and I've accepted at this point that I'm probably not going to be the play-by-play voice of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah. I think I'd be able to keep all the jobs that I still have. Like, I don't think Loyola would fire me over this. Again, you just play it off. You know, you didn't. I know, stop. <laughs> stop. They'd be like, you explain the dude wipe steal. Can't well, do that. You can't do that. All right, continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Someone is winning a T-shirt of their choice from uh, Birdland Sports just for participating in Would You Rather Wednesday. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, after the Padres lost to the uh, – who did they play last night? Oh, the, the Cardinals. Yes, meaningless game. Padres, Cardinals, they uh, they lost in extra innings, though, the Padres did, so they are now 0-11 in extra inning That's contests. That's very random. Yeah. Despite the fact that they have Josh Hader. Right. That's uh, so it is, weird. It is the second worst like they, record. Like we talk – like the, you, when you have a high-level closer, you should be uniquely set up. Maybe, they ref- make... maybe they're a team that refuses to bunt. Because you would think that it, in home games, you should be the team that says – I'll bunt 
in or sorry, if on road yeah. games, you should you should be the team that says I'll bunt in the top of the tenth because I'll play for the one, knowing I can turn around and have Josh Hader pitch. I guess we need to examine how uh, how all these losses happen. I mean, yeah, because they have Hassan Kim, who I would assume is a good bunter. I guess I don't know. He's yeah, I don't pay enough attention. To that. I do get that they have a lot of players in their in their lineup that you wouldn't necessarily want bunting, right. but you know, man. if Tatis. Could lay down a bunt. Like yeah, right, it's a good chance he beats it out. Uh, second worst record in extra innings in a single MLB season in history. The worst record is 0 and 12. This guy that's bidding since the past does not even look like he's the most remarkable physical specimen. I don't know how to say this the appropriate way. Since the past, not okay. I don't know. See if you can get a shot of this guy. Who is? I don't even know who this guy is, and I'm the tennis guy. The Montreal Expos in 1969 went 0 and 12 in inning games. So Padres chasing history. Okay, that was a different rule set though. Yeah, that's true. Like, so that's, that was a Dominic Stricker. I, I, I got Dom nothing. He came, he came through qualifying. I got nothing on this guy. Um, what else? Oh, Alex Cobb went deep into the game last night with a no hitter. In fact, he went eight and two thirds before uh, an RBI double that uh, that cost him the shutout as well as the no hitter. Uh, to shoot, why do I not have uh, the player? Well, he gave up the no hitter. He joins uh, the in the last five seasons. There have been two other pitchers that have went eight and two thirds. They came within one out. Of a no hitter, so he joins. I guess I don't know. I guess he won't get it. Miles Michaelos of ah, the Cardinals definitely also went eight and two thirds. Definitely would have gotten that. Dylan Cease also took a no hitter uh, into the ninth inning, eight and two thirds before he lost his as well. I think I, I remember vaguely that. remember that yeah, one. I yeah, I think I remember that. Uh, so Alex Cobb uh, joins that n- n- middle elite, not really elite <laughs> at all. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then finally, uh, Andy Murray won his two hundredth uh, career major match hmm. yesterday. He becomes the ninth man. With 200 major ah, matches. I do not wins. know this. This will be good. Top. So give me the top eight. Well, Federer. Federer is number one. Uh, Nadal. Uh, Nadal is number three. Djokovic. Djokovic is second. 369 for Federer. Uh, so everything after that is interesting. So he said he's the ninth. Yes. So I'm I'm looking for the rest of the top ten. Mm-hmm. So I need five more. Well, I don't have. I, I couldn't find like the full okay. list, but yeah, I have the, oh, I have you the have top Everybody eight. else. So you need so four more. more. Four. Five more. Oh, because he was the ninth, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go with um, Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras, three wins more than Andy Murray, 203. So, yes. How about um, Roy Emerson? Roy Emerson, you're going in order. Six more wins than uh, than Pete, 209 for Roy. Rod Laver. Not Rod Laver. I don't know when they started counting things as majors and when, what did, I don't, that's the problem there. Um... He won eight. Andre Agassi. Andre Agassi is indeed on the list. Agassi is uh, fifth, 224 major So I need two match. more? Yes, two more. Bjorn Borg. Uh, not Bjorn Borg. He won 141. I thought you said you didn't have the whole list. Uh, well, I just saw him. He's like listed on another list oh, with like God's top winning percentage or top match winning percentage. Whatever so, you say, dog. Whatever I, so I had you his. Say. Just ha- just happens to it stands. Um... Man. Uh, uh, uh. Jimmy Connors. Jimmy Connors is on the list. He had 11 more wins than Andre Agassi. He is fourth. So I need one more? One more. Yvonne Lendl. Yvonne Lendl is the correct answer. I mean, the problem is these all were guys that won the most slams. Like, I, I was thinking there might be a unique one that, that didn't. Like, all these mm. guys are guys that won eight or more slams, right? So I was wondering if somebody that, you know, didn't win that many slams, just happened to, like, make a lot of finals and, right. you know, come up short and somehow get a bunch of that. So it ends up, I'm, I don't mean to, you don't know this because you don't know who won the most yeah. slams. 
it ends up being kind of a boring list because uh. it's really just asking who won the most slams, right? Like, although in fairness, Murray is the ex- that, that's the shame. The shame is the outlier is Murray, right? Yeah, Murray, who's won three, has two hundred match wins. Like he's the example of the guy that I was looking for. Everybody else, it's almost just a straight shoot down the list of who's won the most slams, except Borg. Borg won eleven. Yeah, he won eleven. So did Rod. Uh, did you say Rod Laver? Rod Laver. Laver. Yeah, but Laver's some of Laver's were not in the open era, so oh, I don't know okay. how those match wins count. Like that's the problem when you do one of these mm. lists because Bill Tilden also won. Um, he won ten, but I don't know if they count because he was not open era. I just don't know what. This is the the argument about who has the most uh, yeah, uh, wins. Tilden's listed at 114 wins, so Matt major match wins. I, and maybe so. maybe that's just what the number is, or maybe it's 114 plus what he won in before. I don't know. I just yeah. I don't I don't know enough to know about the history of how they record these records. So, but yes, Murray is the outlier because he's won three Grand Slams and yet has won 200 matches because he played in the era of the big three. So. It's just what it is. Uh, and people oftentimes compare, like, the fact that Vavrenka won through. Like, nobody ever talks about Vavrenka as being part of the big four, but he won just as many slams as Murray. And this is one of the statistics that you point to, and you say, we know that Murray, despite the fact that he only won three slams, is elevated even over a Vavrenka because we know things like 200 career slam match wins, because we know that he won two gold medals, because we know that he was vastly better in the Master Series events than Vavrenka was. It's just very unique that... The both those guys are going to finish their careers with the same number of slam wins and feels kind of criminal because we know that Murray was a vastly better player, but unfortunately he was just up against an overwhelming level of competition. All right, uh, Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. Again, Glenn Clark 23 is the code. Use that when you sign up for Superbook, and we will match up to $250 your first bet, win or lose. Superbook.com or download the Superbook Here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise, in just about 40 minutes. Orioles, White Sox, series finale, Dylan Cease, Kyle Gibson. It's on Masson 2 again today, because why not? Uh, U.S. Open coverage right now is on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Moves to, or it's also on ESPN 2. For a few nights, they do uh, both ESPN and ESPN 2. Last night was a bad night for ESPN, because they had Arthur Ashe Stadium, and that was Venus Williams getting... Demolished, yeah. and then Carlos Alcaraz's match being called after the first set because his opponent retired. Bad night for ESPN. Just a really brutal night for to be uh, bringing you what was on Ash mm-hmm. uh, tonight on Ash. The first match up at seven o'clock. Francis Tiafo, Sebastian Offner. So that's on ESPN. Should be good again. Okay. Oh yeah, this should okay. be a comfortable okay. one good. for for Tiafo. Um, baseball throughout the day, Mass and Nationals, Blue Jays at 3, MLB Network, Angels, Phillies at 1, Padres, Cardinals at 4, Diamondbacks, Dodgers at 10, ESPN Plus, Guardians, Twins at 1, Astros, Red Sox at 4, MLB TV, Braves, Rockies at 840, TBS for AW Dynamite tonight at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, MasterChef is on Fox. And I apologize for not asking you what your thoughts about the uh, fight between CM Punk and uh, Jack Jungle Boy Perry. Oh, yeah. You want to break that down? Um, I'll break it. I'll save it for fighting words, I guess. Oh, okay. You want to save it for that? I don't know if we're going to have time for fighting words tomorrow, Griffin. We've got a thousand things going on. Um, why? Who won? Uh, there, no, it wasn't. It was an actual fight. Like they they, they got into a backstage oh. fight. Oh, it's a big okay. story. It wasn't a match. Are we sure this is? It was an actual fight. Yeah, though no, they it didn't it wasn't on TV. Oh, it wasn't on. Mm. It wasn't broadcast. They actually got into a fight, a physical altercation backstage during the event. Hmm. Yes, quite. Is, the story. Are they okay? 
They're both okay. The question is, are they suspended? Are they like what's happening? It's a big story in pro wrestling. This is week. that so? Is it, when something like that happens, is that a good thing for? Uh, that's the that's it gets you attention, right. but it's bad attention that you don't necessarily want. You want the attention to be that everybody liked because that's not the product that you mm-hmm. do. Like you want the attention to be on the product. This is why the carnival barking that I talk about with. It's why the CM Punk thing drove me away from UFC. It didn't bring me to UFC. It got me to stop watching UFC because the product is the thing that I want to watch, not the nonsense. I went off on RG3 last night on Twitter. I, I'm so embarrassed. I have such secondhand embarrassment. I, it's tough for me with Marlon Humphrey. Like Marlon Humphrey's been doing a lot of this recently where it feels like he's just fishing. Like somebody in his world is fishing for... Uh, interactions because they they want to get paid by Elon Musk for their Twitter account, um, but I with Marlon you just never know because he's he's such a weird dude in general. Like I don't know, Robert Griffin the Third did a video about the stupid Noah Lyles thing that's so embarrassing. It it's it's the video itself, it's the take, it's all of it. I, you you want to talk about what Noah Lyles? So if you don't know Noah Lyles, yes, World Track and Field Championships. I don't even remember what the event was that he won, but he wins, and then he's in, and he just goes off on this diatribe about how y- calling yourself as a world champion is a big deal, and like you know, you win the NBA, you're not actually the world champion, you're just the champion of one country. Do you have the Do you have the clip? I believe so. Yes. All right. yeah. God, I, I don't. It's twelve twenty four. We got to wrap up. Yeah, I don't no. want to really do this, but but sure, hell, why not? What are we doing? You ha- do you have it or not? Yes, I do. Okay. World champion of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I I love the US at times. <laughs> but that ain't the world. That is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> Okay, so God bless Noah Lyles. He's a hell. He won both the hundred meter and the two hundred meter. Remarkable. He's a. He's he's absolutely remarkable. But this is nonsense. With all due respect to Noah Lyles, and and this requires no conversation. We understand that all of the best players in the world play in the NBA. It is the highest level of competition that exists in basketball. More so then right now the World Cup of Basketball is going on, more so than the Olympics, where there's lots of countries that don't have internationally capable players that get to participate in it. The NBA is, without any, there is no debate, the highest level of competition in that sport that exists in the world. So if you win the NBA championship, you are deserving of saying you were part of the world champions. If someone did the same by winning the MLS, we'd mock them. Frankly, any of these soccer leagues. Because there isn't one soccer league. That's why the World Cup provides you the ability to say world champion. Because you can't win La Liga and say you're a world champion. Or win Serie A. Or win the Bundesliga or the Premier League. Because there's too many good players in all of these leagues. So no one of them can claim themselves to be world champion. But there is no debate where the highest level of competition is in the NBA or in sorry in basketball or in professional American football. You win the NFL, you're the world champion. That does not require a deep conversation. 
I don't know if Noah Lyles just said it to be stupid or if he was trying to get attention and, like, somebody planted the idea to him, you know, like, hey, dude, you know, you can get people talking by doing this dumb thing. But it requires no deep thought process afterwards. It is a dumb take. And we should be capable as a society of saying we can ignore dumb takes. Or if somebody really is confused, explain to them quite quickly. I did that in, what, 30 seconds it took me to explain why that's such a stupid take? Robert Griffin III did an entire video not only, like, suggesting that there is, like, th th there's something to this take, but doing it in the dumbest possible way. Like, how, sway? Like, just saying dumb things to try to get attention on social media. And, and it's so sad. Because Robert Griffin III, who I know everybody had said was corny and, and all those things for years, has, as a game analyst proven himself to have real depth as a broadcaster as a game analyst he's been outstanding doing college football for espn i don't watch any of those studio shows so i don't maybe he's good on those too mm -hmm. i don't know but i know doing games robert griffin iii has been excellent and i have said a couple of times there is it is embarrassing that amazon picked kirk herbstreet to be their guy for for thursday night football with no disrespect to kirk herbstreet he has no cachet never played in the nfl and nobody, he's not so better at it than anybody else that he needed to do this. Robert Griffin III would have been a perfect choice of someone who has NFL cachet, who has some personality, who's good as an analyst. And I've said a few times, he should be the one doing Thursday Night Football. I get it. It's not like back, the, the best players in the world make too much money. They don't need to do, the, they don't need to do this. We still don't really know if Tom Brady's going to do it or not. They, there's a lot of work that goes into being a game broadcaster, and when you've made as much money as these guys have, you don't need to do this. Peyton Manning would rather sit in his quarter zip in his underpants and watch, let, let have you watch Monday Night Football with him than actually have to do the work to prepare for a game broadcast, and I understand that. So you can only get what you can get. Robert Griffin III does game broadcasts. He'd be a great choice. He should be above that. He should be above doing dumb videos. We as a society have dumbed down. Our substance should matter. And when I bring up, like, is this good for pro... That's not... The substance should be... The, the quality of the pro wrestling content should be what gets people to watch. And frankly, I, I've been turned off on CM Punk ever since the UFC. There's been no recovery from the UFC or from CM Punk for me. It's all been so embarrassing. Like, Embarrassing that I haven't been able to recover on either one of them. And I loved CM Punk as a pro wrestler before that, but he's a guy to me ever since then. Like, it's so embarrassing, so ego-driven, so I, I, I am so unaware of reality that I genuinely believe that I could do this. It's nonsense, and I just have no interest in the guy because of it. What were we talking? Uh, we were doing tubular, I think. I don't know what happened there. I kind of just went off. I lost my mind for a minute. This was all right. I don't know. Uh, I know. I mean, I, I don't have much time now, but Archer season 14 ah, tonight yes. on FXX. Netflix has uh, two little kind of documentary things. Live to 100, The Secrets of the Blue Zones. This guy, Dan something, travels around all the world to the five, they're called Blue Zones, where people happen to live the, to, live to be the oldest in the world. Okay. It's a documentary right. on Netflix. All right. And then Heart of Invictus as well. Uh, it looks like a good idea because they follow the lives of like people who got like injured in the military and then go on to become like para-athletes because they still have like you know, that competitive spirit and stuff. Uh, but it's narrated by Prince Harry, so it's like kind of hard to ignore like the hypocrisy of it all. Where because he gives in the trailer, he gives this really good speech where, he, but it's like you, you but know, he your served. royalty. Did he? Yes. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, the it, comments were not happy with seeing him as well, the they have voice to serve. of this. They don't have a choice. But I think that also has to do with like who we know Harry to be now. Yeah. Like I think that's there's a different like we all think that Harry's kind of a grifter now. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. so I, I think that is something but he legitimately served. Like that did that did happen. Okay. All right, well maybe it'll be maybe all maybe right. it'll be really good then, everyone. Right. Heart of Invictus on all Netflix. Right. All right. Um, very good. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks also to um, uh, Greg Olson as well as to Logan Reinhardt. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com tomorrow. Uh, Deontay Banks is scheduled to join us, Hartford County native, uh, Giants first round pick. A lot of people wanted to be a Raven. Considering what they're lining up at cornerback, we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we wouldn't have the Would You Rather, you know. I understand. That's question. a good point. That is a good point. Uh, but we'll catch up with Deontay Banks as he gets ready for his rookie season, the former Terp. Also tomorrow, um, Gonzalez we'll do picks yes. for the first full week of college football season. And Spiro Marikis is going to join us in the studio. You know Spiro's my guy. I love me some Spiro Marikis. And um, I, we're going to do some music stuff because we're also going to talk about Springsteen coming next weekend mm-hmm. to Camden Yards. We'll preview Towson, Maryland, and um, I'm trying to come up with a theme for Spiro tomorrow when he's in studio, so we'll see. One time we did a whole Beatles thing where we like picked our top ten Beatles songs and let um, the interns judge who had the better list, so we might, I don't know if we'll come up with something for the tomorrow. The interns know the Beatles song? Uh, Beatles songs? N- no, that was the ni- that, was that was what the, made it oh, nice, okay. is that like these are mostly songs they were hearing for the first time, <laughs> and they were like, ooh, I really like that, and we did it round by round. We did it in um, like verses style, so that was fun. That was fun. I like that. But I don't know what we'll do for tomorrow. We'll see. All right. Thanks today to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook, as well as the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass, Washington County, Maryland Cycling Classic, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Don't forget, next Thursday night, we're going to be hanging out at Sports and Social down at Live Casino and Hotel for the opener, getting you personalized fantasy football consultation. All right. Have a thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go birds. Duke sucks.